Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here as always, aka Captain Brunch. Being joined as always by his co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier. So I went from Invincible to Raw. How was your day? Uh, definitely not as good as that. I mean, at least he started good. You know, he started off strong. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I so here we are once again. I almost started to do an intro just for that, and I was like, well, I don't know if that translates as well. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Think raw. <laughs> that that meme is famous, right? Think raw. <laughs> so we're here 24 not hours. Not supposed to be here. Think 20, raw. 24 hours after uh, after dealing with zombies, we're here again. And there's a close call because I thought we were going to be dealing with them again tonight. But we're going to get to talk dirt sheets. That's fun, right? That means we get to step a little bit away from what's happening on regular old Raw. And with that, I say a shout out to everybody listening across all of our popular podcatcher and podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, and so on and so forth. And of course, our live feeds over on the twitch.tv slash talkbrunch, facebook.com slash talkbrunch. And talkbrunch.com, of course. What a week, right? Yeah, it has been God, quite the week. Ah, sheesh. A lot of rumors and stuff going on here. You sent me a funny thing with that. Uh, we're going to have to talk about with an MMA thing. I feel like this is the second time we're going to be in here talking about a case of uh, different identities with MMA. What's oh, going on my. with that, right? <laughs> I almost forgot about that. I couldn't. There was just no way it was going to happen. I was just like, no, what is this? What is going on? We'll get there soon, though. I don't want to start there. Let's start with something silly. We always like to start with something silly and fun, right? So what the hell is this here? Apparently, I don't even want, you know what it is? I know what it is, but I, I want to present this in a way where it's like, I don't know if I want to spoil it for anyone that's watching on the screen, but then I have the listeners. There was a backyard wrestling incident from what oh, I'm seeing God. here. Another? Not even really an incident. There was a spot. And I guess I could leave it up to your interpretation upon what your thoughts are of the spot. We can talk about it, I guess, after we see, see it. I've seen so many YouTube documentaries and like Vice documentaries about backyard wrestling. I think I watched like a series of CZW episodes on Tubi the other day. My imagination could go anywhere when you say a backyard wrestling spot. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I was very careful in my wording there because I don't want to say whether it goes good or bad or whether you think it worked or didn't work i'm just gonna ask your opinion when we are finished It, it's funny because I'm thinking for anyone this is just a podcast. Like, what the fuck? What happened? So much happened. Not really. Like very little happened. It's just so so much was in effect here. Okay, so let's see if we can break this down. I don't know who's who here. I don't follow backyard shit. First of all, I'll just say this: these these new STD commercials are weird. All right. 
right? <laughs> Think, Mark. You can use that. You can use it literally. <laughs> that was my. Did I? Did I just wait a minute? I was like, this is the weirdest SCD commercial I've ever seen in my life. Did I? Did I just discover a double use for the most popular meme currently going viral? Think, Mark. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> we might. <laughs> we might just have. For anyone that doesn't know on social media, because of the show Invincible that Destin opened, we're available on Amazon Prime, free plug there. Uh, there's an incident with the main character and his father, I guess his father, without going too much into his father's trying to discipline him. And what's gone viral is a meme on Facebook and Twitter where he's basically face to face with his son and he goes, think, Mark. You know, like he's telling him he's trying to explain something to Mark that Mark doesn't agree with a philosophy. And he ends it with thing. And that just sort of went viral. But I'm thinking for the marks that we have in wrestling, we could use it now, too. We need to literally get the drop of him going, think, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I swear you, when I, I've seen, I think my favorite one to this day is still the freaking Goku and Vegeta one. Where he's like, you gave him a senzu beam before he fought your son. Think, Goku. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, yes. Oh, man. That's going to replace my old favorite awe. Uh, meme from i guess the last decade because my favorite meme of all time was the one that it shows like goku like standing in front of someone and like vegeta has his arms like in the distance and it says uh when you and your boy have necks at the at the freaking uh beer pong table i see that one like uh, that one keeps finding its way back onto my news feed and i don't know <laughs> that's why. priceless because it's so true like i was doing this shit <laughs> When you and your boy got next at the at the beer pong table, yeah. <laughs> it's too real. That's what makes it so funny. Like, oh man, well, yeah, this idiot. Getting back to this here. So what? So what happened is, uh, it looks like his friend put poured lighter fluid or gasoline on his crotch. Let me run it without the chaotic audio. So his friend, because we could pause and go through it. So his friend pours the gas, and then his his crotch starts to set on fire. And he's laying there waiting for his crotch to be fully engulfed in flames. Then the guy pokes him. We were like, I guess, a, what do you call those things? A poker he thing? He jabbed him with a weed whacker. Okay, and he's sitting there and like he's, he's, he's bouncing around. So then they go to put his crotch out, but he runs off. His crotch is still on fire. <laughs> and then here they're trying to get to him to a second attempt. They're pouring water all over his crotch. But that's not working. So they're trying to like pat him out. But he's running with his entire balls and ass on fire now. There's a freeze frame of that. And it's running here. See, you see why he needs to come to the live feed? The hell? And what is this guy here? Yeah, this guy what the hell? Across the screen, that's, like, that's like one of the best things about it, right? He's probably somebody. But yeah, that's one of the best That's moments. the part that killed me. <laughs> I was like, what, what the fuck? Wheelchair come from? That is wonderful. That's why I was it, saying, like, there was so much going on. Like, first of all, whose idea was this? Who just said, let this happen? I they love that the, the guy just sits there and waits for his cross to be fully engulfed in flames, which is a phrase I never thought I'd ever say in 2021. And then just fucking, like, like what? Like, holy shit. I remember that freaking ECW incident where they fucking wrapped, what was this, like a shirt or something around a chair and lit it on fire and it flew through the crowd. And they had, they got to that shit quicker than these fuckers did. Like, what, what, what? Absolutely brilliant. What a great idea. Because that's what we need in wrestling. Not everybody can be ECW, and even when you try, at least have a level of intelligence to it. And you know what? I hate to say it. And this is probably just playing logic to some people, but maybe not. But I, I would think that in order for you to be that comfortable with that spot, you're not using your dick very often. You're not wrong. 
because that is a level of self-preservation that man did not have. And that's the problem with marks. They're not getting laid. You're not using your dick very often because a guy who's getting laid, who's getting good laid, he'll check his dick like it's the second party member. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he'll be in both inventories. You guys both got, you everybody heal? Everybody has antidote? Cure? (laughs) (laughs) Anybody need anything? No one needs it, right? Before we go out, just want to make sure everybody's straight, you know? Everybody's heel went to the inn. (laughs) It's like, there's no way, there's there's no way that anyone that cares anything about their reproductive organs. I don't, don't watch that, George. I don't even know what that is to say if I could watch it. We don't even know what race. It's not like even I have the I have the program in front of me. We don't know what the fuck this is. It doesn't have. I I usually share as much information as provided. This just says that a clip went viral. Can't even say it's CZW. (laughs) And you're right. It was a weed whacker. Oh shit. CZW event. I mean, you guys know how my stance has always been, which I've actually gotten heat from other larger podcasters back in the days when we were. When Dest and I was here, we used to intermingle and have crossovers with other podcasts. We got a little heat because you guys already know my stance and it's kind of dumb shit. It's like, I, I just don't, like, I'm completely against this. And even stuff less tame than this. Like, I've never liked the cinder blocks or the, uh, the fluorescent lights or it just, it, I think that it's in, in bad taste. A lot of it. And I've always said that. Even when I liked the ECW, it wasn't because of those things. I've, I've emphasized that before that it was because of a, I've always emphasized that it was because of Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam, you know, people like that into Jerry and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko that made me watch ECW, not because they had like dumb tacks. I mean, yeah, it was cool to say, I'm not going to lie. Of course, you have a guy coming out to Metallica and shit back then. That's cool. You know, I'm not going to say, and, and of course, New Jack and like the violence and natural born killers music you're getting. That's the whole thing. They weren't licensing music. They were just stealing all that shit. You know what I mean? They just used it and didn't ask for permission. So, of course, those things would pop me. But really, in the hardcore scene, what I thought was cool was the wrestling, man. I go back. I, I think a lot of it's on the network. Like, I still have a lot of the DVDs here. Maybe we can clip them and put some of the stuff on here. But just go back and watch some of the stuff with, like, uh, Super Crazy and Jerry Lynn and Tajiri and guys like that. Mikey Whipwreck, uh, D. Malenko and Eddie and Jericho. Like, a lot of those matches and stuff were really good. And that's what I looked forward to. And, yeah, it didn't hurt. The, because the hardcore stuff was done well and of course rvd because when they did do hardcore stuff it was done well but when these guys do it and it just looks like that game manhunt remember that game manhunt where you just go around killing people <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> I, I ran by on the playstation store earlier and i was like mm, nah like there was a psychology and a pacing to even the hardcore stuff in ecw like there was a method to paul Heyman's madness he didn't just have motherfuckers out there just killing each other you know like sure a lot of it was extreme but there were like those matches had pacing to them. Like I, when we look at this kind of stuff, I don't know what we're looking at. Yeah, like that's why I've never really been. See, because to me, I have no, I really never have problem with like the flesh and like tubes and tacks and stuff like that. My problem is when it's just there, just to be there. Like when freaking like CZW has a little tournament of death thing, and it's like, okay, what are we gonna have? Okay, we're gonna have a glass and barbed wire match. Why? <laughs> why do those two things need to be intertwined? Like. Extreme for the sake of extreme isn't even really extreme. It's just mindless violence. Yeah, and I had more of a tolerance for it. I hate to say it, but there's an age thing there, too. I was a teenager when, when the ECW. It's crazy. I remember being really young when that RVD. I was watching an RVD documentary before. And I remember where I was when that thing happened. 
where Jerry Lawler and him were attacking people in ECW. Like when they did that run and they started taking everybody out and stuff. Like I remember watching that shit live and it was very telling of my age where it was like, so it's an age thing too, where it's like at the time, I think my, uh, and of course that stuff not happening before the hardcore shit all seemed new. So when they did it, it, it was awesome and it was something different. Nowadays, it's kind of like, I think I've had my flavor of it and I, I kind of feel bad. I feel like anyone younger than me, like, af- like after my generation, they missed the boat on, I guess, the last original generation because I kind of feel bad when I'm looking at not just wrestling, but everything. It just looks like all imitations of shit. Like everyone's just want to be my generation. You know what I mean? Like it's all just bootleg imitation, everything that we did. Nothing's new. And it's not like I want it. We don't feel flattered. We feel annoyed because I, I loved experiencing new shit. And it just kind of feels like there was a point in culture and with wrestling, especially where we just stopped innovating and we just started imitating. And I think that's just kind of sad because everything that I see, like movies are a good example. Movies this is a remake of shit that I've already seen. Like, oh, do you want to see new King Kong? No, I fucking seen him. I seen him fight Godzilla and all these guys before. And, you know, it's like, I'm sure it'll have better effects, but these stories have been told. And it's like, it's one thing when it's a little bit, but it, it gets to a point where it's like everything, the games, it's like, hey, remember this? Yeah. Hey, remember this? Yeah. What about the comics? Hey, remember this story? Yeah. Hey, remember this series of bringing it back? Yeah. Remember to say by the bell? Yeah. I remember all of it. You know, stop reminding me. Maybe let me miss it a little bit. <laughs> Shit. You know, it's like, so I kind of feel bad because I, at least I, I feel like, man, we, we got to experience like the original things, like these things that are just being recycled and regurgitated actually happened for the first time when we were doing it. And it doesn't even feel like it's reaching like the people that didn't see because the justification has always been, oh, well, what about the people? I should get this wheelchair off the screen. But it's always like, what about the people that didn't, uh, that didn't experience it? To be honest, I haven't really heard feedback from people that have experienced these things for the first time that felt or reacted like they experienced it for the first time. Like, wow. You know, the only person who's really seemed amazed by stuff that's, uh, that's going on that we've seen a thousand times is that guy that they have on Raw. What's his name? Merv? Uh, Yeah. His name is. The, 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 I can't to keep saying the Indian guy, but I keep forgetting his name. But whoever that guy is, that's the last time I've seen someone that's seen old shit that seemed surprised legit a lot. Like that guy seems like this is really exciting. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's just along for the ride. You know? We're sitting at home like, oh my God, this is terrible. This guy's like, holy shit. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, somebody came from the back. <laughs> they come from the back too? During the match, but the match is still going on. <laughs> Look, he's using that chair. These chairs are meant for seated. You're supposed to sit in those. <laughs> I can't wait to see him the first time somebody replicates the Montreal screw job. I still can't. I, as much as I would like to talk about the pay-per-view review from last night, I still can't get over how he expected uh, these guys to be surprised. <laughs> he expected Ziggler and, 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 and Rue to be surprised when Dominic came walking down the ramp after being beat up backstage. Like, he, they, must be, they must be confused. They must be confused. No, I don't think. I think you're confused. <laughs> I think you didn't know that that happens. You haven't seen how this story. Someone needs to get that man Peacock. <laughs> he's the one guy with no Peacock subscription, right? Get that subscription to him, because this time the things have. He's the one guy, you know. He'll 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 love the new Star Wars. Yeah, because they haven't oh, seen the old one. He's yeah. gonna pop for all that stuff. Oh wow, the Millennium Falcon! That thing is fast. <laughs> I, bet, I bet his favorite actor in the, in the Netflix Evangelion is Ray. <laughs> Oh boy! God in heaven! <laughs> See now the best part is now you got me wanting to watch Raw just to listen to this guy, just to see how much shit he's excited about. He's he's just really excited. He's he's very passionate, and I think it's shoot passion. Sometimes he goes in the opposite direction. They have to reel him back in, like during the Roman Reigns match. 
like where they were trying to at least sell a little bit of Cesaro's offense, where it was like, oh, Roman Reigns, his arms look heavy and he's buckling. The other guy was like, no, he's ready. And he was like, no, dude, there's a part where he's actually trying to sell a little bit for Cesaro. Like they actually had to go back and watch that to reel him back a little. I like that, though. I like that he's a little unhinged because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. That should be the audience that they go for. They should go for people not like you and I or like our chat room or like the people that listen to the podcast. They should go for people who are literally just sitting down for the first time, like what's going on here and see how they how they basically perceive this you know what i mean because that's important because at the end of the day if dominic coming down limping down the ramp is something that gets a regular mundane person a reaction that goes holy shit that guy came out here anyway then maybe it's just that we're too og of wrestling fans but if this guy's the only one who acts like that then well maybe you need to cut him loose <laughs> right gets to go i can't wait till the first time he's around when someone gets hit with mist oh my god where yeah. did that come from did she conjure it from her soul? Yeah. He's going to act like the first time the fucking, the, like the first time someone's seen the fucking Velociraptors do it in Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. May as well keep that guy around, man. <laughs> it makes it fun, at least, right? <laughs> He didn't start making me laugh till last night. When he's they should just the fucking zombie. You know what it was? When he started talking about the fucking zombies, it's like they gotta keep focus. How you keep <laughs> focus around zombies? <laughs> what an asshole that Miz was. Not paying attention to the match instead of worrying about the zombies. That guy doesn't have his priorities. <laughs> the fucking undead, but the match. The match. As someone who's watched The Walking Dead for over a decade, do you know how many times I've seen not worrying about the zombies not work out? It never works out. Always worry about the zombies. 100% success rate of not working out. Famous last words. Maybe we should just not worry about the zombies. Focus more on the fighting each other. (laughs) Let's focus more on fighting each other while the zombies overrunning everything. That's 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 zombie. That's zombie apocalypse 101. (laughs) Oh, man gonna be the next dale at that rate dale wouldn't worry about the zombies remember how shit turned out you know what sucks because for I'm, I'm in this weird paradox for a lot of people and i'll never understand it for hardcore wrestling fans they could just stop watching raw they could literally just turn off the tv and walk away or just change the channel but i'm like in this strange paradox where like I know that it's bad and I know that a lot of the stuff is bad, but if I, and I want to just not watch it, but I'd miss out on reviewing the booking and reviewing the booking is so good. It's so funny. As much as the show's bad and it makes it miserable, I have to say it's so funny to really analyze it because of how bad shit crazy it is at this point. Like I have a blast as much as, and I've heard a lot of people say that the first half of our show, when we talk the dirt sheets is really the part that they like. That's always been the favorite in the second half, uh, with the review isn't, you know, I have a blast now just because. It's so funny. Even in hindsight, when I look back reading my notes about the role we just watched, I catch things I didn't think of. I was like, this is some funny shit. Like, it is out there. I know that there's a lot of people at this point that are just beyond the point of laughter. But I'm just not there yet, man. We just saw zombies. I think you are probably the only thing that keeps me at the point where I still laugh. Because now that I think about it, we talked last week about whatever went wrong with Shayna and the tag match. I found out what happened. Oh, that. Bliss was on. I don't know how we didn't catch this. Bliss was on the top of a ramp with a voodoo doll and stabbed the leg. That's why her leg gave out. You're shitting me. I wish I fucking was. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, yep, lock that one away till Monday. 
And I guess what happened tonight kind of confirms that I guess Shane is the one she's going after. And I was like, wait a minute, you motherfuckers had her do a voodoo curse on her? Oh. I am at a loss for words here. I, I don't I don't even know what yes, to say. Heaven, that. Right? <laughs> like, what do you say to that shit? Like, <laughs> it's like, I really, raw for me at this point, George, I wish I was bullshitting you. Raw for me at this point has become like watching a car crash. Like I don't want to, I don't want to see the horror, but at the same time, I can't fucking turn away. Yes, it's perfect. It works for the voodoo and for the zombies. <laughs> Had to give a little Dead Island there, right? Oh my god. Oh, oh man. Shit. Do we have the actual <laughs> song? I don't know. If, do we have the actual Dead Island? Um. Yeah, we. I'm not gonna run it right now, though. We I just wanted to make sure it was. <laughs> oh. Imagine we start running fucking that island for them. <laughs> oh my god! I got a zombie army, and you can't harm me. Yeah, who you, voodoo, bitch? Oh. <laughs> I remember. For, I can't remember why, but that was our button for Ember Moon, and I never knew why. I don't remember. Like we have to go. We have to go back to really, really. No, the, just the. uh our button for her was without the I got a zombie army. But now yeah, that we have yeah, a zombie army. Yeah. But now we have I got a zombie army and you can't harm me. Yeah, we should have played that the whole time we were doing the exact same Just had that in the background. Oh, man. I could just make fun of them all day. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We ain't got time for that shit. It's too late for that. Yeah. Anyway. What did George say? It doesn't matter where their names were. <laughs> it doesn't matter what their names were. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about Nia and Shane. And I was like, no, considering that side difference, it kind of does. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's who she's going after. So, so uh, you were talking about the most recent episode of Dark Side of the Ring, right? Where they did another hardcore episode. The first one yeah, they did um, was different from this one. Obviously, we're going to get into something involving that later. But this this one was Nick Gage, right? Yeah, one of the guys, I think they've called him, like, the godfather of, like, deathmatch wrestling. Right, and he's in a federation called GCW. So, apparently they had this uh, event called the GCW Draft Day event. Did you hear about it? Oh, my God, the Draft Day event. I've heard the name passed around a couple of times, but I didn't actually catch the event. Okay, well, I will not spoil it for the live viewers, but Nick Gage was at this Draft Day event recently. And uh, it was hard. I have to say, I had to put this together from a few different phone cameras. But uh, when he was at this event, there was an incident that sort of broke out. And uh, we'll look at it, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. out there. Ooh, also, uh, 
I guess Moxley goes wherever the hell he wants to go. pretty interesting i like that moxley has that freedom to just pop up in different places like that and pick fights with people and do crazy shit you know yeah like never it's kind of cool with him the... and nick because uh they are like friends in real life so it's cool yeah. that they actually get to do stuff together so they're able to do collaborations like that right that is cool so um yeah apparently i, I guess he's gonna eventually have a match with him at gcw right yeah they're building towards it which i like the fact that you don't see him show up all the time because i think the last time they went at it like that it was maybe what about a month month and a half ago so it definitely mm-hmm. puts more eyes on gcw because it's like now when's the next time moxley gonna show up because he's showing up twice and you know he's gonna show up again yeah very true very true all right well moving along and i know we have to keep this at the top since we've been keeping it at the top for a tradition for a while now oh shit i almost forgot there's a button Oh God! Is it- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's my new favorite segment. <laughs> what? I don't. I didn't even. I didn't even like. Happening? I didn't even look at this one ahead of time. I don't even know what's going on here. Let me see. Oh my God! So he put. I mean, I guess obviously he put <laughs> up another fucking survey. I can't stress this enough. Please don't vote retire. This can cost me my future because I care what you think. This poll is the one and you have the power to make a difference. No promotion from FMM Nutrition on FeedMeMore.com. Just a pure unaltered vote. Vote responsibly. And then he said, this is my career. I guess once the retire votes came in, he went and followed. This is my career. Stop creating fake accounts to vote retire and stop sharing this on your shitty message boards. Let the good people vote. Yeah, see, he's just promoting himself. And then what happened after this? We put less than an hour left. Looks like the troll and fake accounts have been beaten at their own game. The power of India has spoken. But as stated, if this doesn't reach 50K votes, it doesn't count. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's a troll. I feel like he's so stupid, my mind refuses to let me believe it, though. He's trolling. Like, ugh. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, it's just feeding the trolls. All right, well, let's move on to your buddy here, which I also didn't brief myself on this one. I just have a general idea from your joke link. But Anthony Johnson. Rumble. 
Anthony Rumble Johnson, who just finished Bellator 258. This is about, apparently something boy. he did in 2019, according to yeah, Daily like Voice. Uh, uh-huh. He recently got arrested for identity theft. So according to Daily Voice, um, they picked him up on Saturday and he's facing multiple charges. The arrest is over a November 2019 complaint where he claimed that uh, where a victim claimed that their credit card had been used by a third party without permission. And it turned out that it was him. And he bought a round trip tickets to Fort Lauderdale to Newark. Uh, his name was on the ticket and the police did an investigation. And uh, they found out that he illegally obtained the credit card to purchase the tickets. So the police took him to the Mohegan Sun Arena on Saturday. They took him in at that that arena. And uh, yeah, that's uh, shit, that sucks. That's and he was released on $500,000 bond. What the hell happened? Like, that's such a weird thing. His credit card Probably. fraud would be the thing more than mistaken identity or identity theft. <laughs> it's just crazy to me to think, like, you're that big of a name. Like, you've headlined UFC events, and yet you're using credit cards without the permission? Like, this is like when what's her name? Her name's escaping me right now. That celebrity who started stealing from stores. <laughs> you know what the bad part is when you started to say that my instant thought was oh yeah that time Emma stole that iPad case but I was like nah nah okay thing. I don't know why her name escaped me that's my age on female lead actress in the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore Liza Minnelli oh. didn't she get caught stealing or something wasn't she shoplifting back in the day or some shit oh my god I, I feel like I remember might not oh be her god. might be you thinking say- someone else don't say alleged. I don't want to get sued right you got time somebody was stealing back in the fucking day <laughs> Anyway, it's so weird when people wear money steal. <laughs> right, it's crazy. Or was it, or was it, money, um, was it freaking, might have not even been her, might have been Lenona Ryder, was it her, was it, I don't know. Some brunette chick stole. It's always the brunette. George Ryback, probably. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such an asshole for that. <laughs> oh. oh anyway, I don't know what the hell that was going no at the top of, of the list. So how you got money, but you want to steal? Like, what the I heard of being frugal, but Jesus. Oh, man. So apparently, uh, according to Jason Powell, he said on PW Torch that there was a really big name right now that is a free agent that would be a game changer that would have went to AEW. But essentially, the reason why they're not going is because of the fact that the executive vice presidents are all fighting which is making whoever this person is very hesitant upon joining because there's a division within the corporation. And uh, according to this Jason Powell, he was saying that if that's not happening, then they need to clear up that misconception and that he does think that it is happening and that there'd be a world difference maker. There would be a difference maker um, on who, who there would be as far as having an option of who could go there. And this person being hesitant to go there. It was speculation about being Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan. We don't know. CM Punk. Who knows? We don't know. It's got to be Ryback. <laughs> Man, I love how this is the running gag now. Everything what we don't know, it's got to be Ryback. <laughs> oh, is this going to be like the new, his name is John Cena for us? It might. Like, is that going to be how we're going to have to segue into that shit every fucking time? I'm not against it. I'm just trying to <laughs> I am perfectly for it. So, like, oh, what, what what we know is this person doesn't want to be there because of whatever the fighting is that's going on. And uh, let me see if we could figure out here what the hell the fighting is. He said that 
So basically, Melsa was saying that everyone in the situation has different philosophies and no one's talking to each other. Um, it isn't impossible in wrestling to get everyone to agree on everything. Um, they said that Cody has more of a business relationship with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Um, but it's not an adversarial one at least. They have the same goals. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't really see anything on here in regards to what the differences would be. The Young Bucks, the only thing that they did was they changed their profiles under their description on their profiles. They just put currently not on speaking terms. So they're being sarcastic, obviously, but they're not yeah, debunking whatever the hell. Joking, fuck around like that. Yeah, but what's well, why? Where did this come from? Right, that's the part I haven't been able to figure out ever since I heard about the story. Like, if they're really having these differences, what's causing them? It's like it's just odd. Now, there are a couple of interesting rumors going around about some serious cosmic shifts uh, as far as people, which happens in any company. If you've ever worked anywhere, if you've worked at a fucking, I don't know, a Burger King, if you've worked at a McDonald's, if you've worked at a Domino's, if you worked anywhere ever, people have their little cliques, their little groups within the corporation. So, I mean, we have heard that there is a bit of changes going around as far as what people's responsibilities are and what they're doing. Uh one thing that I've heard is recently Meltzer was saying that many people with an impact have kind of been hinting that Don Callis is going to wind up as a full-timer in AEW. Yeah, I heard something about this uh, yesterday and then even heard a little bit today. It's like he now has either he's going to or now he's starting to have less power in impact than he had before. That's true. We've been hearing that now in impact, he's has reduced duties. And that Scott Demore is basically doing more of the stuff. So slowly Don Callis is being phased out in regards to doing things with Impact Wrestling. So, uh, I mean, he could be joining them on a corporate level as well. Um, and he's no longer listed on the Impact Wrestling website as their, uh, as their executive. So he's no longer under an executive listing. So even though there was speculation that he might be leaving Impact to go to AEW, uh, just as a manager, there's always the possibility that he would also be an executive there. Right, have an on and off screen role. Yeah, so we're not sure. We just know that there's something going on in, in uh, AEW. What do you think it is? I mean, from for him to come, for him to be lower down from that executive position and not on their website anymore, they're not exactly known for doing kind of like WWE will do, where they'll take somebody off of the website or move them to another spot for the sake of a storyline so that on its own has to mean something and i mean we've seen him on impact on aw pretty much all the time now so it wouldn't be a surprise if maybe while some of this stuff is going on on impact they're slowly trying to see like okay worst case scenario they cast him to the side we'll work him into the corporate structure here yeah that would make sense like, pr- pretty much get pretty much because in the sense of let's say they don't do it he was already ready and then if they do it again later down the line he already pretty much knows what to do so he's already got a slot for him set to go like because at the end of the day it's starting like that you're pre you pre-plan for your future in that case but assuming there's there's already heat within the executive part of aw do you think that there are people in opposition of this now that's that's an interesting thought that's something i actually hadn't thought about it could be a possibility, but then again, it might be just also some people who are for it and some people who are just like, all right, let's just see what happens. 
But yeah, it could be a possibility that there are some people that are just not for it. But then I guess it would also have to lean to the fact of even if of if um the issues going on are even really true. But it it's hard to say with as little as we know about what's going on with that right now. Yeah, I agree. I think the more we know when it comes to if there are actual issues going on and what they are, I think the easier easier it'll be to kind of figure certain things out. Like, hey, is this going to be an issue? Is this going to be a problem? Is this person leaving? Is this person staying? Are these roles switching? I think with the more information that comes out, the easier it's going to be to kind of figure certain things out. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Because, yeah, it's interesting how there hasn't really been much of a benefit of that whole merger thing. I mean, we got some interesting matches out of it. That's about it, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. Did you watch that uh, Impact thing? Um, I caught a little bit of it. I like, like same. Like, uh, actually, it's the main event. I caught, like, a couple of the matches in the beginning, and then I caught, like, then I decided to just fast. It was awful, first of all. I Once I realized how awful it was, I, I just fast-forwarded to uh, the Kenny Omega part. Like, I, lately, I tried to I hang just, in there. Lately, with these Impact pay-per-views, I just look at whatever the matches that are actually going to have some kind of interest, and I just go straight to those ones. Like, yeah, there was some There was some really... It was pretty bad. You know, like, there's a whole bunch of shit I just skipped. I didn't care. They can't keep doing that, dude. Like, what are they doing? Like, I, I can't... I keep sitting down to see to try to grab stuff, and that's the worst when you're when you're looking through wrestling to try to grab shit, because then you get a sense of who's really doing the worst. Because it's like, man, what, is, <laughs> what is this? Is there anything here? Like you, you guys gave me nothing. Really, Impact, Impact seems to be the only place that suffers from just not bringing it on pay per view night. Everybody else, when it hits a pay per view night, we don't have that many complaints usually. But something about this company. What? But it was a pay-per-view. This was a pay-per-view. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the only company where it seems like on pay-per-view night, it literally just feels like a weekly. It feels like a weekly with a little extra shit on the line. Yeah, man, I wasn't impressed, I got to say. Like, I, I definitely have seen better. I mean, this is what we're talking about. I want this to come up twice. Let's do it. Let's talk about Impact on the Siege right now. I shoot this horse while we got a chance. Jesus Christ. Let me get let me get into my, my that part of the program since it's unplanned. That usually goes into the weeklies at the end. But yeah, let's get that shit out of the way. I got that. I had that tab open just in case. There is some stuff there. So first of all, I started to watch the uh, the first match, which was Brian Myers, aka uh, Kurt Hawkins, Hawkins, against Black Taurus, the replacement of Abyss in the uh, in the Decay with Crazy Stephen Rosemary. I watched a little bit of this, and then I just realized that i was watching this i gotta be completely honest with you man i just fast forward i was like what the fuck like it was just like what is he i don't care about him fighting this creature why would anyone give a shit about anyone want to see kurt hawkins fight him by a fucking whatever a bull monster <laughs> was anybody's it's list like, of things I, to do anybody's trying to strike that one off the whole bucket list here i mean nobody which is funny have you ever heard of them announce him they don't even call him black taurus they call him black taurus like don't give me pizzazz with this shit they're trying to fandango him Hey. It's not Black Taurus. It's back yeah, Black Taurus. He just doesn't wrestle. It's Black you know Taurus. The gimmick a little bit more fucking interesting. The same as Mustafa Ali. It's Black Taurus. I'm so mad at my fucking brain because you said that, and my first thought was if they did a fusion stance, they'd be Black Taurus Ali. <laughs> I don't know why my head went there. <laughs> Oh, that top thing could have been his his, his fucking uh, his retribution mask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. See, this is 
because I just I haven't been convinced by this guy. I watched him numerous times. I would have just left Decay, just crazy season Rosemary, and just kept it at that. I would just wouldn't have kept it, but I would definitely want to put a fucking bull in there. <sighs> it's like apparently like I as bad as AAA, and I'm like, this is what they pulled from AAA. Like Who's as bad as the zombie like, thing like, is, right? Or chess man or somebody like somebody who actually looks a little more intimidating and human. As bad as WWE zombie thing was, right? Imagine if when Morrison was on the outside, El Torito like, hit oh, him with a crossbody. Like El Torito literally hits him with a crossbody, which will bring him down, and the zombies eat him. As much as you're talking about the zombies right now, that whole post show last night, we would have been like, "What the fuck was El Torito doing out there? What did he?" <laughs> What does he have to do with zombies? As a matter of but fact, you know El Torito being out there would have saved them because it would have taken the focus off of how ridiculous the zombies were. They would have doubled down, sort of like the way Impact did, and they would have been like, why is there a fucking bull out there? It's you brilliant. The bad part about this, though, unlike Black Tarot, at least it would have made you laugh. Yeah, I don't get it. Was he always that gimmick? Yeah, he's like, always been that. Like, who cursed that guy with that gimmick? I don't know. Why would you want to be that? You didn't, he didn't even lose a mask versus mask match. He works a mask versus shittier mask match. Like, where do you, you get your attire? Your gimmick. Where do you get your attire? Outworld? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like somebody made his character on fucking WWE Day of Reckoning. I could not care less. I, I got... The only reason this was on was because I needed to find the remote. This was a find the remote match. <laughs> oh, those ones are always terrible. Because it's never a good match. Now, I, I've always liked Kimberly in the Indies. I don't like Susan or, 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 or her other. Both of them, both versions have the same human controlling them who can't fucking wrestle that well. Yes, yeah, Susan and fucking Sue. And Sue Young. Both of them, just, like, just, they, just they both, they're both bad. They're both bad. They're both bad. Anyway, uh, I was somewhat interested in Taylor Wilde. And uh, Tennille Dashwood at this point, it just feels like nobody knows what kind of gimmick to give her. So they just don't, they just give her whatever's left in the sock drawer. Because kind of like she's wearing her attire from her last gimmick in NXT, but she's supposed to be a model that this guy's taking pictures of, but doesn't really act like a model would or dress like a model would that would be in a gimmick like that. It looks more like it would be appropriate for the gimmick they were trying to give her of being Emelina, which she isn't. She's still the gimmick before that. So I kind of feel like she wound up in the exact same problem that they were trying to alleviate her of in WWE. So which to me, that indicates that the problem was never them. It was her as much as I like Emma. I literally see her having the same issues that they were trying to solve. The fact that her gimmick doesn't match her fucking personality or the script or anything, you know, and it's it's still there. But I, nonetheless, I was interested in uh, seeing this match. The match was fucking terrible. This it was, was like- short. <sighs> it was so short. I don't even know what happened. This match was ungodly sloppy on a knockout level. It was brief. No one really got to showcase anything. Like, I hated it. Taylor, I think, hit a German on Susan. Like, there wasn't really any spots or anything between those four girls. Nothing really happened. There was no story, no flow. It was just... It's a match where it's like, man, gotta suck for the rest of the knockouts to know this happened under their division. Yeah, like, it was an opportunity to showcase some spots and shit, and it's like, none of... No spots were really showcased. It was a... Like, they didn't really outwork anyone. I know they're not Christian, but damn, I was like, meh. This was dry, and uh, it just kind of felt phoned in. You know, and yeah, Kimberly yeah. solid. I think they could do a lot more with her. She's just been fucking Deanna Prozzo's sidekick the whole time she's been here. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate. They have a lot it of these girls sidekicks. It doesn't even feel like Kimberly again. anymore. No, it doesn't. 
And so young. I mean, George is like, what are you talking about? She, she's bad, man. Look at her. Like, let's, are you watching the same thing as me? The striking's not good. The selling's not good. Mm-hmm. The movement's not good. The timing's not good. I remember didn't her husband's Rich Swan, right? Didn't at one point he criticized, like he tried to criticize correctively, creative criticize. I wasn't there. But the, that's how he got released from WWE, right? Like he basically told yeah. her she needed to work on her shit. And she got so mad that she jumped out of a moving car. She GTA'd it. Because of the fucking, <laughs> yeah. that's how bad that's how bad the, the the review was, and then like essentially he chased her out of the car, and that's why why he got released. Yeah, that was the whole story. You know? It's even worse in this situation because at least like the Sue Young character was interesting. Susan just looks like that time they tried to have a fake Sarah Palin, but even shittier this time. <laughs> and who's I remember failing, that gimmick yo, yo. that turned into Daphne. <laughs> who's failing Palin? <laughs> yes. Fuck it, write it down. Right, but George, years ago, we looked at her when she was Sue Young, and she was off, she was off with that character. Like, before I even knew that there was a Susan, the Sue Young character didn't look good. She was botching. I don't remember our old episodes, but I remember we were able to go back in here and look at shit that they were doing. And it was like, her stuff wasn't that good, man. Anyway. It's just it's too much shitty for the... Uh, it, it, I, I don't get it. I, don't I used even, to praise I don't the knockouts, man. Storyline of this match for it to happen. Just hey, Taylor Wilde's back. Guess what? We're gonna do Thor in a shitty match. Nobody's gonna care about an hour and a half. Yeah, her the impact knockouts used to be a force to be reckoned with. Now we got these wishy washy. There was a point here. when they smacked. Like I think early, early in like that brief Monday Night War they had the impact. The knockouts used to smash the WWE girls, and now like they're barely a blip on the radar. Because there's only like maybe three or four good ones. So let's move on. Next, we have the Impact World Tag Team title number one contender, Fatal Four Way Super Califragilistic Espiatidocious match. You see, I mean, look at these names of these matches. <laughs> and I love this, this is where this is another thing. Like, I love some of Impact's teams. I, I, I don't get it. So, in this, in, in this group, first of all, only one of the only two of these teams have been actually like established. What well, actually, no. No, okay, never mind. Three of these teams are actually established teams. Uh, we have Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus Triple XL versus Rahu Raji and Shira versus I don't know where the fuck this came from, but PD Williams and TJP. But the part that makes me laugh the most is that right after they reveal PD Williams being TJP's partner, commentary, who is that out there? That's D Lo and uh, Mike, Matt Stryker. D-Lo and, and Mike that- Matt Stryker. They're like, but who has the advantage out of all of these teams? And I'm like, this was literally me talking out loud with Stacey. I'm like, oh, gee, I don't know. Either a chubby guy over there, thick guy over here, that jobber whose name I don't know, the guy with the blue hair, or the creator of the Canadian Destroyer and one of the innovators of the X Division, and TJ Perkins, one of the top guys of Ring of Honor. Like, who do you think has the fucking advantage? All these other jobbers, you're like four. Who the fuck? I don't even know any of these guys. Is that the guy? Is that big guy the one that they didn't get the fucking Somo thing on once and his dick was hanging out? No, no, that, that was a different guy. That's different. <laughs> that was a way different guy. They didn't even know how to put the thing. <laughs> Segway real quick. I watched this thing um, that YouTuber you showed me before. He did a whole complex of things about Rinker King. I saw the guy. Dude, I, I almost died when I was like, they can't do the Honda. You know the Honda, the sumo shit there where they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't and fucking you know the put bad the part about this, George? Yeah, her indie stuff might have been great. It's 2021. Nobody's thinking about her indie stuff. They're thinking about the shit she did in Impact on pay per view. So this match here, 
the the only thing to be excited about in this match will be PD Williams and TJ Perkins. You know, good Ring of Honor guy, both both good indie guys. And I don't know did did PD because I watched part of it. I was looking away at time. Did PD ever hit a destroyer in this? I know it got teased at one point, and the guy broke out of it. But did he even hit a destroyer? No, never even hit. That sucks. You got so many guys out there. We couldn't just have the fucking spot. Maybe he doesn't have to go over with it, but you're telling me. I, I, dude, I feel like we have to have missed it. You can't you know have Petey the Williams there in a cameo and not hit the damn destroyer. The last maybe two or three times Petey's come back, they always tease it, but he never hits it. That's so stupid. But you know what Maybe that's why he's so pissed off when he sees other people hit it, because they actually get to hit the fucking move. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We never even see him hit the fucking destroyer, so... You know, and the match, this was another match that was underwhelming. At this point, I started to see the writing on the wall, man. I've been watching TNA for years. I was like, no, you guys are not taking me through this other thing. You guys, what was the other thing they had? They are fucking, that next, which I fast forwarded completely. I don't know if you want me to just put on for the highlights if there's anything worth it. But uh, next they had Jordan Grace and Rachel Owing against Flavor Flav or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, Fire um, and Flavor, which they gave him back the fucking titles moving on. So nothing for me to highlight from there that I should yeah, put on, George? Should I, should I put on anything from the Flavor Flav crew? They, they they just gave Mish they stole my gimmick and her skinny friend the fucking titles back, which was the dumbest thing they could have possibly done. No, don't give us an interesting tag team in the strongest bitch in the whole locker room and Paul Ellering's daughter. No, we're gonna give it back to Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steels. Cool beans are back. Cool beans. Yeah, that's pretty tragic. Let me see what else we had here. I'm just looking through still after we had these these guys. Oh, they had uh, um, they had big cast basically destroyed William Mack. That was cool. That, that was, was first of all, Big Cass is in great shape, man. That man is in fantastic shape. What the fuck are you doing in Impact, sir? I mean, no knock it. You know, these guys need people that are good. They have a guy who's good. They should have a guy who's good. This looks he's solid, man. Look at how he looks. That's the best shape he's ever been in his whole career, man. You know, that's the way that he needs to look. You know, Willie Mack also best shape he's ever. I kid. But Willie Mack's good. The thing why 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 actually does look good though. Mm-hmm. He does so good for the shape that he's in. He's always done good. Yeah, you know, I've watched him. I watched him and Swan together as a tag team way before they was even in NXT. Yeah, no, they've always he's always been solid. So that guy's uh, yeah. always been fantastic. Yeah, so there's a lot of familiar faces here. You know, it's just not really all in the matches that you would want them in. You know, and yeah, the name the name doesn't work, but this is he moves really good, dude. There was this spot. Let me see. Do I have it time stamped? Yeah, it's the spot where he kicked the shit out of Willie Mack. <laughs> I have it time stamped. You know what I love about this? There was a start when it just happened, where they stood next to each other. It's just so funny to see how small Mack looked compared to him. Knowing damn well, Willie Mack ain't small. Exactly. I, I, you literally, that's, those were my exact words verbatim when that I was watching this. It was like, Willie Mack's not small, and this guy is big next to him. <laughs> look at, look at this. It's terrible. Watch this kick, man. Look at this. Most quarters when your hands are not. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy shit. Kick. You heard the sound to that? Bro, he kicked a dog, cat, liver, and mule shit out of him. Hard. Gotta watch that again. That's the problem with a headbutt. You're inflicting damage, but at the same time, you can take yourself and so you can damage yourself man. with a headbutt. That looks like what happened right there, Willie. He lost the control of and what he was doing. It's good for close quarters when your hands are not. Oh my gosh! W Yeah, convincing big man there. No leg, no leg slap required. Write it down. Oh my god. 
even though he probably did one. But yeah, no Lex, I still like the name. Yeah, dude is just dude's in fantastic shape. The problem with Impact, it's like we said before, the problem with Impact, and it will at least with the exception of some of these matches, it hasn't been the wrestling. It's the fact that some of these shit gimmicks and decisions they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty. You could just call him Kaz XL first of all to kill that shit, and then just like <sighs> there's too much wrong and not enough right. You, you sure he didn't like slap? Well, I guess maybe he didn't. He might he could have, but then again, he probably didn't do it all that hard. Maybe just hard enough to where he hurt, I guess. But eh. yeah, at this point, I jumped around a bit because I didn't have time to watch. This was all before like an hour before Raw came out. So we had what was next? We had El Fantasmo against Josh Alexander. So how is this nope. El Fantasmo How is our El Fantasmo? I mean, he's only been in Impact for a little, maybe a few weeks, at least the last time I saw. Because mm-hmm. I heard about him popping up, but it seems like it's weird. I don't know. I'm not sure why, but it seems like a lot of the New Japan guys are going there first. Like, but I guess maybe because Impact needs it way fucking more. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I, this wasn't something I was too interested in. I don't feel like there's any, I don't feel like there's too much momentum behind these matches, honestly, when I'm watching them. It's just like, yeah, just, I'm just not feeling it. You know, yeah, this is pretty much uh, Alexander retained his title with an ankle lock after a powerbomb knocking the wind out of him. But it was weird, this match, I couldn't even get into it just because I knew there was no way Elephant Hazard was just going to walk in the front door and win the exhibition title. Right. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Yeah, this was good. Maybe I'll go back and check it out. Um, Again, I was just looking to see if there's anything relevant to the booking or anything that was going on here. I mean, what I'm seeing on the screen looks better than most of the other stuff I saw on <laughs> on the card jumping through. Maybe this is the match I should have seen. <laughs> it looked, I mean, yeah. that's, that's one that I would assume would have to be a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, we had the uh, Deanna Perrazzo defending her title against Jessica Havoc. No surprise, freaking Perrazzo goes over with that Fujiwara armbar. How was it? This match, first of all, not only was, of course, the outcome never in any doubt, Peraza was on a different fucking level than all these girls here. I think she's one of the only things where if you had to pick somebody to be interested in that whole knockout division, she's the one. But, I mean, yeah, Deanna kind of dominated in this match, really. Like, every time Havoc tried to get anything going, Deanna just cut her off. It just cut her off. You're going to have to get me some images. I can't believe how big Havoc is. My memory can't be that bad. I do not ever remember her being that no, big. She, she, yeah, she she did, she did not used to be that big. She was, like I remember the last time she showed up in uh, Impact when she feuded with Gail Kim and Awesome Kong and she won the title. She was way smaller than that. Like, she's making it as hard for me to concentrate on the fight scenes as Thor was making it in the last Avengers movie. <laughs> like, so where I'm like... Saying? This is cool so and everything, this, but so what you're telling me this is Fortnite havoc. Yeah, like I like I'm in when are we gonna fix Thor mode whenever I'm watching this. You know? And there's nothing wrong with a bigger girl. I mean my favorite on the roster appearance wise is freaking uh Kimberly. I think she's great. I've liked her for years way before yeah, she but it's like Kimberly's like bodybuilder big. Like, yeah, this this girl I can't big. I feel like Havoc used to be bodybuilder big back when I used to watch. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And so. Havoc, she's really, like, George, she's really not better than Nia. Like, it's just, and Nia's in just better condition. Like, with Havoc, I have to, like, take a second to be like, God, this is a big bitch. And then watch the match. But Yeah, not good. That was the one thing that took, that kind of took me out of this pay-per-view. Is, like, a lot of the matches just, you kind of, 
figured where they were going to go. The only case that was different was the main event. But everything else, like, you could kind of just call it in the air. It just all kind of felt like, hey, let's have matches. Right. Let's just have matches where there's no doubt in any way, shape, or form who's going to win. Like, it's the only company where I've seen where pay-per-views are like that, and I hate it so much. Yeah. Anyway, so that brings us to what? I think this is now a crossover match. Uh, no, no, no. You got you before you get your main event. You get your six man tag team match. You have uh, Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson, Ooh. going up against uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, aka the Bullet Club. And uh, the finish to this is Eddie Edwards. Surprisingly, he goes over with the Boston Knee Party on Carl Anderson. I didn't expect to see the baby faces go over. Uh, as far as the match goes, it was it was what you would expect from this kind of a match. I mean, everybody here knows each other very well. Is there anybody in the match that's not from New Japan? Like, the whole match is a New Japan match, right? right. They just took a <laughs> whole bunch of New Japan people like and then put New them in Japan, a ring together. I mean, four. I mean, well, I think Eddie's the only one. I think I wasn't from New Japan. I mean, I've seen Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards as the American Wolves in New Japan for years, oh, way was, before. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. You know, so all kinds of international flavor in this one, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's two so, guys who reside there, four who have been there before. So it's like, I honestly just wasn't expecting uh, Edwards to go over here. And again, the match was decent here. You know, as you can see, we got on the yeah. screen. Let's jump a little bit into stuff. Uh, what were your thoughts? Anything special about here that you liked? Um, oh my god, this see, there's not too much that was out of the ordinary. I mean. I don't know why I always kind of pop nowadays when somebody breaks up the magic killer just because they make such a big deal out of it. Yeah, right. Like I don't yeah, know. Well, and then and then the the, the commentary. I think it was Striker who at the time he emphasized how they knew that this would be over if they hit it. So it's like him putting the move over definitely helps. Yeah, that that's I love when that's one thing I will always give Matt Striker when it's, there's certain scenarios where he puts things over better than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Because I every time. They go every time since he's been doing commentary. When you see them go for a magic killer, you hear like striker amp up because he knows if this connects, that's it. Yeah, he was a teacher from my neighborhood. He got fired because he missed out. He 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 called out of school and went to go wrestle somewhere, and they got caught on TV. Oh, so that's what it was always a shoot. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's really from out here. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Oh boy! But yeah, this this was this, this was, was decent enough. Surprising because it's basically Omega's first loss on Impact. Yeah, and you know what's surprising? Also, I thought this was the main event. The whole reason I didn't watch the main event after is because when I saw that there was still more, it was like, oh, no, Raw's coming on. I don't know what the hell they put on after this, and they put on something after this that I don't think really pertained to anything we would care about because at the Impact it World Title, flipped. yeah, it was the number one contender six way match, which should be less priority since they're really putting over the bullet club stuff and it's like so it's chris saban matt cardona aka zach Ryder, sammy callahan trey miguel moose and chris bay and this is all for them it's not even for the title it's the number one contender spot so whoever wins this um gets to face the champion who the fuck's even the champion right now oh kenny omega so uh, they don't even have their own champion who won this moose moose uh yeah moose went over so moose is gonna face kenny omega yes moose versus kenny omega Okay. I thought the All same right. thing. Alright, whatever whatever they want, man. Whatever they want. What were your thoughts on the match? Did I, did I miss anything exciting? Um nothing really nothing out of the ordinary, honestly, that you wouldn't expect from these guys. It's just weird to me that Chris Bay is in a situation where it's like, hey, you might challenge for the world title. Because past the exhibition stuff hadn't really interested me that much, honestly. 
But I mean, yeah, it, one of one thing that they did focus on was that uh, Sammy Callahan and Trey Miguel basically reignited their rivalry in this match. But I mean, it was kind of everybody pretty much got their shit in. It didn't feel like too much of a clusterfuck. Like I didn't feel like I was struggling to follow anything that was going on this entire fucking match. But um, I do like the fact that Moose went after Chris Saban's knee, which you remember that being an issue way, way back in the day. It kind of does kill me though. Have you ever heard the name of Moose's spear and impact? Now, uh, I'm not sure if I have. They call it the No Jackhammer Needed Spear. I've never heard that. No, no Jackhammer yes, Needed. That's spear. what they call it. I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck? It's so stupid, but. I mean, this, this this match was actually really good. This was, it definitely by far wasn't the worst thing on the card, but it was just odd to have this as your main event rather than your co-main. Yeah, it did nothing for me. You know, literally did nothing. Um, as far as the standing in the card, I I was done. I mean, most people would be done. I'm surprised if there was a live live crowd. They wouldn't surprise if there were walkouts after the Kenny Omega stuff. You have Chris Bay and all of them coming out. It's just like, see ya. I'm gonna try to beat that traffic. Yeah. All right, anyway, what else do we got on this card here? All right, well, let me just give me a minute here. Yeah, that was basically the end of uh, Under Siege, which I need Impact to really get better when it comes to promoting some of these events. Like, buy a YouTube ad, something, because I literally realized this event was coming on all of, like, five minutes before it came on. And I'm like, oh, shit, Impact has an event. Like, what? Yeah, it does fly under the radar a lot. Like they fly way under the fucking radar. Like there's been times where I have forgotten about impact events and then I've had to watch them literally the day of the show. So it's really the only benefit is at least that it's fresh in my head. But it's just like at some point, like I've seen freaking I've seen NWA, I've even seen CZW manage to get something out there. But like you can't do the whole word of mouth thing. That shit doesn't cut it. For a company that's been around as long as they have, especially in the state they are now, because if you're going by word of mouth, you're freaking screwed. But I don't know; they they got to do way better when it comes to promoting these pay per views, because you're not going to make me sit through those fucking weeklies just to know what's going to happen. That's just not happening. Yeah, it just feels like there's no long term booking, but it's, it feels like it. it even the short term booking suffers there, you know. It doesn't even feel like just booking. I guess that's what it is. You know, this feels again. I feel like when we're watching, it's just like, hey, let's have matches. <laughs> This just felt like a. This didn't even feel like a pay per view. It felt like a throwaway event. Like what in this event really happened that's gonna like affect everything long term? Okay, Kenny Omega lost one match in Moose's number one contender again. <laughs> the only thing they really managed to do is just piss off everybody who was like, "Hey, Jordan Grace or Rachel Ellering are tag champs. What are we gonna do? Give them a long, lengthy title run where they really..." ramp up the value of the titles. No, we're going to give them back to those champions nobody gave a shit about. Which one were those? Oh, yeah, the one that's always talking about somebody stealing her gimmick and then her friend. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good luck, Impact, as always. Yeah. They're the freaking cockroach of the wrestling business. You can't kill them. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, In a bit of sad news, which we have to talk about, the world has lost New Jack. In the past week. Yep. Jerome Young, um, 58 years old, passed away of a heart attack. Yeah, that is something else. Uh, yeah, man. New Jack was an innovator and hardcore. He was definitely something special. And that one, I did not see coming, I have to admit. Like, not all at of them. all. 
I had literally watched a shoot interview he did the day before the news broke. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, the footage we just had running for the on-demand people. It's um the event known as the Danbury Fall, which was basically when we talked about it before, when Vic Grimes basically got scared 20 feet in the air and then the whole match, the whole the whole spot got fucked up and he basically landed on Jack's head, which is why New Jack was blind in one eye had constant headaches would sometimes go two to three days without sleeping like yeah that spot jacked him up like forever yeah and you guys saw we, we spoke about we've it's it's weird because the timing is strange we've been speaking about new jack on here for uh, a bit without knowing that this was going to happen like it's just something's been coming up because of the fact that dark side of the ring has come partially just in conversation of being on here for the past couple of weeks uh there's not really much more we can say because of the fact that it's like it's someone that we've been speaking about regularly uh, you guys already know our opinions if you've listened to us regularly here. But again, you know, it was awesome having something like that. The presence he had, him and the gangsters, the natural born killers, uh, music, uh, you know, the Smoky Mountain where they were with, uh, Jim Cornette. I believe that's originally yeah. where they started was in Smoky Mountain before, uh, yeah, Jim they, Cornette, um, helped them. He didn't give them their name, but he kind of came with a general concept. He was just going to just call them the gangsters, but then they're like, no, throw it, throw the spin and put the gangsters. Yeah, because back then in the territories, uh, it was like that's essentially how it would work. You you would do something, you would get hot in a territory for a while, and then once they were ready to move you on, you'd put somebody over on the way out, and then they would trade you with like another uh, promoter. And that's essentially what Heyman and Cornette did with these guys. Like Cornette is the one who sort of put them together in Smoky Mount, Mountain Wrestling and uh, got them their heat and everything. And then once they did that, uh, he traded them over to... Uh, to freaking Paul Heyman for a while. I believe that he wanted them to do the honors or some shit. I forget the story, but Paul bullshitted him and, and, and wound up staying. I forget the whole thing there. But yeah, these guys have been all over and, uh, you know, it was something, it was interesting. They fell out with, with Cornette and then they actually had a reunion on one of the you shoot videos. I believe it was. Yeah. Um, they literally, Jack literally just popped in in the middle of the, in the middle of the, of the interview. Yeah, he was on. Why can't we be friends? Yes. Why can't we <laughs> be friends? <laughs> and he walked in on Cornette, and they all they, that was cool. And they all kind of made up, and they put the heat behind them. I remember watching that, so that was a cool shoot. Oh yeah, you know, definitely somebody special, and you know, someone who who did a lot of wild stuff, right? Yeah, and I mean, feel how you want to feel about anything New Jack has said or done. At the end of the day, the one thing that is undeniable is that that guy left a legacy that nobody will ever be able to replicate. Like, there's oh, yeah, certain sure. things that New Jack did. I remember um, he said in the Dark Side in Dark Side of the Ring when they talked about the mass transit incident, he said they'd be talking about this for the next 10 years. And it was, I remember the exact quote he said, they'd be talking about this for the next 10 years, and 20 years later, we're still talking about it. That was New Jack's whole career. Anybody who watched stuff he did, you'll never forget the first time you saw it. Yeah, no, it was definitely crazy. That's, it takes balls to 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 do this. Like that's one thing that nobody else ever does is that when his matches would go, anybody who if you ever get a chance watch a New Jack match, you'll see the same case of all of them. When New Jack's matches would go, his music would never stop. Yeah, it was mainly run-ins, but yeah, they would let that music play the whole time. The Natural Born Killer song. Which is really cool. I, I'd, see, I'd, I'd seen matches where his song, well, that song would loop like two or three times. Yeah, it was definitely hardcore. That, that gave, it legitimized the hardcore aspect of ECW, having somebody like that around. You yeah, know? This, he was one of a kind without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people who wouldn't even have the balls, even the most hardcore people, to take some of the dives and some of the bumps that we're seeing on here that this man takes. Fucking crazy. 
You know, right. like look at some of this stuff. You know, if you guys have been watching the real that, that videos that videos every single crazy spot that he's ever done. So the whole time we've been talking about him for anyone listening to the podcast version, you've just experienced every crazy single thing that that guy has done. Uh, yeah. I remember like he would start at maybe I think it'll he'd have dive be like ten feet, then it goes twenty, then it goes thirty, and it's like the the height he would go and not even hesitate. That's the crazy part. You see people dive from high places. And they have that moment of like you gotta take a couple of breaths. Like no, Jack just fucking goes. Yeah, he was just pretty much on his way, man. Oh yeah, Ooh, one of a kind without a shadow of a doubt. I think I remember actually watching I one of his uh, before retirement matches. I believe this show went on the air. If I would like to say a few words about the passing of ECW original New Jack, and um, I avoid eulogies as best I can be- because. Every, any time I'm faced with them, the first thing that comes to mind is, hey, this sucks, and there's no good spin I can put on it. When I heard that New Jack had passed away, my hope was that New Jack had turned to his wife and said, hey, I'd like to read my own obituary. Call a bunch of people and tell them that I died. And then everybody's going to make a big fuss about it, and, and, I, and I'll read about my own life. And then... At some point this weekend, they'd sell a bunch of T-shirts, and he'd sit there and go, gotcha, because that's what, what New Jack would do. And apparently it's not so, which sucks. And usually when we would pay tribute to somebody here in WWE, we'd show a lot of footage of that person. And to be blunt, we can't show you a lot of footage of New Jack because he was the most non-PG performer in sports entertainment history. Because New Jack was a gangster. And everybody who was a fan of ECW that came to see ECW, who watched ECW, knew that fact from the moment his music hit. And no, we never had rights to use his music. Why? Because as an organization, we were gangsters. And New Jack was the most gangsters of all of us gangsters. It's over 20 years ago. Anybody that ever saw New Jack perform live or heard him cut a promo understood just how real he was. <sighs> Jerome Young was quite an individual, and deep in his heart, he was every bit of New Jack that he could offer you. I wish you all a most extreme weekend, gangster style. Very well cool. done, Paul. Very well done. Yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, this one... Say what you want about New Jack, but this one was a hard one to hear. That yes. New Jack had passed. Totally, man. That sucks. Because he, at the end of the day, he had an aura and a personality about him. I think I heard guys like Sandman say, if you, if you, if when you meet him in the locker room, apparently from what a lot of people used to say, even one guy I think who New Jack lived with for a while, who talked on Dark Side of the Ring, he was the most fun person to be around, apparently. Like, love making people laugh. And I mean, for everything he had put his body through, I think the reward of having his legacy locked in, like if there's ever an ECW Hall of Fame, that guy's going in. Absolutely. Because he he he's one of the corner he, he's one of those cornerstones of hardcore wrestling. Because he's one of those guys who raised the bar. And I think even though he is gone, New Jack's legacy is gonna live forever. For sure. And I'm glad that he got to be around at least for that dark side and for the for uh to get recognition for his contributions to the business and things like that. You know, I definitely oh, is yeah. a positive. 
never be another. No, absolutely not. And also with that being said, uh, if anyone feels the need in their heart or the desire in their heart to contribute, there is a GoFundMe that has been opened for New Jack's family. The goal is being set at $50,000 uh, for his family and for his legacy. I'm going to link you in the chat room as well as put it up on our social media. So you guys can go there. There it is. Yeah, that, that money will definitely do them wonders because I know I can't imagine how hard it's been on them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, New Jack, for your contribution, memories, everything else. Uh, condolences and thoughts and prayers, of course, go to friends, family, and all those affected. And on a final note, we will share to anyone who hasn't experienced the Dark Side of the Ring Season 2, Episode 3, uh, which was put on their official, I believe, A&E YouTube channel recently. So you guys can learn a little bit more about the backstory there. That's as well going up on our social media as I'm speaking. So you can check us on uh, Talk Brunch on Twitter if you don't have the link or just search for it. You need to go through us. But for the convenience of our community, it's now on all platforms. Rest in peace, New Jack. Love you always. True that. All right. What are we moving to next? Oh, God. There's... there's uh... It's weird. This hasn't been the heaviest new week. It's been a lot of like little things here and there, but for the heavy stuff, it's been kind of light, I've noticed. Is that just me? Um, No, no, but it's always a little bit light after a pay-per-view. Like, th- yeah. there is still... There are a few things here. Because yeah. I know one bit of small news, just because it kind of got me a little bit excited. Um, I did hear that um, sometime in the near future, we're going to be getting, I guess, we're getting a new set for Raw at SmackDown, it looks like. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, which I wonder how they're going to do that in the Thunderdome. Like, is this going to be re- reworking, I guess, that entrance ramp? If I wanted to do anything, I would have just give me back the old ones before um before the pandemic because those are probably the two coolest sets I've seen. You know, if you maybe, can like work like a smaller version of that into the Thunderdome. You know what? Maybe I am really becoming a grumpy old man because I saw that article that said Raw and SmackDown getting new sets, and I got to be honest with you, man, I didn't even fucking click it. My thoughts scrolling past it, I don't really give a fuck what your set looks like at this point. I'm beyond the point where I give a shit. I don't wonder what color you're going to use or how the raw font is going to be. I could give a single shit. I really, I felt it in my bones as I scrolled past it. I almost felt oh, offended. Yeah, you know, bro. Like, like, I almost felt, <laughs> like, to be honest, that? I almost felt offended where it was like, oh, yeah, that's what we need to fix, the fucking set. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah, all right. That's what, that's, it had, that's where, that's, it's that set. That's really yeah. where the, uh, you know, where the issues are here. You know, it is the only reason that news ever excited me is because whenever this is going back even when I was a kid, whenever I'd hear about either a new company or a company going through some kind of a reboot, my first thought was, "Ooh, what's the new set gonna look like?" Yeah, I'm like not even first excited time, at I all. Think when they um when they went HD and they started using those big LED screens, that was one of the coolest things I ever freaking seen because I was so used to like the 2002 Raw and SmackDown set. So I saw this shit and I was like, oh. They've already proven themselves to me production-wise. They are great. Their cameras are the best cameras I've ever seen in the world. Uh, Shoot. The cameras are incredible. The first time I've ever felt like I saw true HD shit was on WWE. 
it was like, wow, man, you guys really buy the newest stuff I could tell. You know, right. like you always have the coolest new toys. I could tell just when I'm watching this. Since I'm a production guy, I'm like, I could tell you guys upgrade everything, man. You have Amazon on fucking feed now. Like you have every single thing. Every time I watch, it was there was a point where I used to be like, I wonder what new thing they're gonna have here. What new light? Because they seem to always have the new shit before any other sport even knows about it most of the time. <laughs> you know, like then that's with Vince. That's always been Vince, even with the pay per view scene. When they think about it, what the WrestleMania is one of the things that really made pay per view big. You know, no one knew that that was going to be a thing. Having a network, you know, the first, they, they always have the coolest shit. There's no question about that. That being said, I could give a shit what the set looks like at this point. There wasn't a single part of me that cares about what design they're going with or what they're going to do. Like, I'm just so over the production part of them because that's fine. It doesn't matter. There's nothing there for them to really fix or have to do anymore. It's always going to look great. It looks great right now. Right. Look at how good it looks. Raw tonight looks like a million bucks. It probably was a million bucks, if not more. You know, the screens, the sets, the pyro now that it's back. I mean, I've never seen a show more polished. And I agree with, I believe, Bischoff, who was the one that said that it's almost overproduced to an awkward point. You ever go to somebody's house and it's so clean that you don't even want to sit down or move? You know, everything around is made out of like fucking. The tables are made out of glass. There's like showcases that have things that are made out of diamond. Looks like everything's a good china. You know, like the, the 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 carpet is white. It looks like the house of that lady that Rock's mom cleans for in for Young Rock. <laughs> I get into well, a house like way, that. To watch that show, fix your life, and watch that shit. And it's cool to be there because it's like, yeah, this is so beautiful. But then you're like, the tension of ordering a pizza there. You know, <laughs> can you imagine? Like all this shit, I want to die tonight. Like, can you imagine? Like, it, it, a pizza would feel out of place there, right? Wouldn't it? You'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> you sit you, know? there, you go to that person's house and you're ordering freaking caviar off a door If somebody walked through the door in a house like that and they dropped the pizza and all in the moment that they dropped the pizza, the owner shot them in the face. It would take your mind a minute <laughs> to solve it <laughs> about who deserved what. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not saying that you wouldn't get it. I'm just saying that in that instant, with no training or preparation for morals or values at this point, if you walked into a place that polished, someone dropped their pizza and it got shot right there, you would say, oh, my God. But it would take your mind a minute to think about what it's saying. Oh, my God. So was it the pizza hitting the white carpet or the person getting shot in the face? Of course, it would be the person getting shot in the face. But it's so close that your brain almost didn't know. <laughs> You understand? It's the greatest visual I've ever had. The, 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 the splat doesn't even have the time to stop splatting. They, they, give him, they give him the Phil Lamar death from Pulp Fiction. Oh. <laughs> Don't shoot Marvin for the pizza. There's two smacks. One of the pizza and one for the shrapnel hitting the head. Just a fucking... and, and, and that's the problem. That's where Roar is right now. They're that house where everything's polished and nice and white and you can't sit on the leather and shit. And like they have a whole bunch of pizza wielding motherfuckers walking through the door, but they're the ones, but but they're the ones that ordered all the pizza and told everyone to come through the door pizza. Now they're just like, be careful, don't spill any of that shit anywhere. And everyone who came through the door is like, but you told us to bring all the fucking pizza. I just love how an unplanned segment gave me the greatest analogy for all I've ever heard in my life. A bunch and, of pizza wheeling motherfuckers. 
And then the moment that one of them drops like a piece of sauce or something on the carpet, somebody goes, God damn it, I knew this was a shitty idea. Fine, I got. <laughs> That's sort of what WWE's become, really, when you look at it. It's produced to a point where it's so polished that the moment one thing goes wrong, you get to see it in all this HD goodness. They don't even sometimes know to stop the fucking thing from automatically capturing the, the, the bot from three different angles and running the replay. You could tell certain things are automated because it'll roll before they get to stop it. You know, someone will bust their ass and it'll come in on the picture in the slow motion. I'm like, you idiot. Are you even like that? That's it. It's overproduced, man. It looks perfect. You can hear everything. You can hear them talking. You can hear the botches. It's so fucking produced that they have to be really careful now all the time, you know, but then you can go to like a friend's house. That's like just maybe they're not dirty, but they're normal. And you don't even think about it. You just sit on the couch, you know, you bring over the video games and shit. You hang out, you order a pizza. And it's like, that's more of a normal atmosphere. If you go to a relative's house that's laid back, you know, and that's what the other wrestling companies are sort of like, which is why more people are gravitating to them. Now worrying about the pizza, you know? Right. You don't have to worry about ordering a the pizza there. Like, you, you drop you know, the they pizza leave. there, you just wipe it up and then move on. <laughs> and when people leave WWE to go to other companies, it's that feeling that you get when you're leaving that person's house that has the white carpet. You're like, oh, man fucking glad we're gone from there dude like it was nice and everything but i just felt like i was gonna fuck something up that's how people leave wwe they're overproduced and now they're worrying about what set they're gonna have how about we just wait a little while let the fans come back let's see what the set can look like based on what the fans are that happen let's make sure that everybody actually does come back how do you know that this isn't going to be that everybody takes the vaccine but there's like six or seven months from now they're all cronenberg like in fucking rick and morty they're all Cronenberg. You know what I mean? Remember that shit happened? <laughs> you might need to save that money in order to work on the portal gun that's going to take you to an alternate dimension of this one where everybody didn't get transformed to start your raw there. Well, I haven't thought about Cronenberg in all my Yeah, God. they injected everybody with something. Who knows? Maybe it's the same shit where if somebody catches something else and you turn into someone. Well, we didn't realize that the only thing that was missing from this element was Jolly Ranchers. Now people are having Jolly Ranchers, and when you took the you took the fucking Pfizer with the Jolly Rancher, you have an allergic reaction, and you suddenly have a urge to eat flesh. Who knows? But if that does happen, no one's gonna give a fuck what your raw font is. It's gonna be back to wearing mask and carrying guns. Oh my god! But at least so the set looks good. So let's wait to make sure that no other inevitable. And no, I'm not saying that these things are happening. But I'm saying the point in that hypothetical very unlikely metaphor was let's make sure the coast is clear and that no other shit is going to happen before we start re- re- recreating shows that aren't even good yet and you know what's another thing that i would do and i've learned this from a content creation standpoint you should change everything when you change everything isn't this weird right but like when you're actually going to get the show down to a format with the structure that works and we're going to pick things up change it right then to signify change because otherwise you're going to have people that are going to do just like you did, that are going to go, what's going to look like? What's it going to be like? And it's going to look different and it's going to be the fucking same. And it's going to piss them off. Think about how many different designs we've gone through. M- most of the attitude ever had like one. Bull the life, what the fuck? Oh, that was that weird fucking song that you can't hear the lyrics of was it. They didn't have a different life. These guys, we've been through, we've been through like 17 other fucking designs since then. It ain't the music and it ain't the set. You know, they need to chill out with that kind of worrying. They fire everybody and they bring back Eva Marie and then they spend money on a new set. And wonder why they have problems. <sighs> God. <laughs> oh, yeah. George reminded us too. Different font. It is just always pretty much the same thing, you know. And they don't have nearly a creative enough team right now to be thinking about changing the set. They change that right team. That's what they need to fucking change. When did they say that this was going to happen? 
Um, I haven't heard a specific date yet, but it's sometime in uh, like the near future. Oh god! <laughs> oh, I just thought about that's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be a pretty new set. The next thing you know, even that's gonna be the show where Eva Marie debuts. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Oh my god. It's gonna be pretty new set, and the next thing you know, fucking Eva Marie. Fuck. Everything is a screen. Well, that's what they're gonna do. They're just gonna get their Photoshop guy to work on new things to put on the screens. Like, what's gonna change? No, the positions? Just more screens, right? The screens no, everywhere. They're gonna do like they did for what was um it was WrestleMania 35, where instead of this elaborate set, it was just one big ass screen. I'm surprised they haven't done the thing yet with Bray, where like somebody's in like like doesn't know which one he is because they're screens. Ah ha 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 ha! And you see him, and they're willing <laughs> they to punch him. <laughs> they start punching screens. Ah ha ha! You'll never. <laughs> Like we've hit we've hit a level of corny where I'm just surprised <laughs> we don't have somebody walking through the Thunderdome. They just didn't have Orton punching them. They could doesn't do it. it. Doesn't it feel like that's that's WWE style though, right? Doesn't it feel like that's like a WWE thing to do, right? You know, and you just have Bray oh, laughing at all the screens. Ha ha ha! Which screen am I, Randy? Ah, and you see Orton just punching different Wrong Thunderdomes, screen, you know, because he can't ever. find out if it's all, you know, just it'll be the old mirror gimmick from movies, you know? It's like he's hitting him because he keeps thinking it's Bray, but it's just different Thunderdomes. George. George said, "Use the old Windows screensavers." I'm fucking done with George, yo. <laughs> the motherfucker said, "Windows screensavers." You go to bed now. <laughs> they should make better use of the Thunderdome. If you're gonna be magical, be real magical. Be the Nerys Targaryen. Individuals. Like, we just have one graphic for the whole Thunderdome. Like, really fuck with people. Like, all right. Well, anyway, help, help. <laughs> they, they 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 tell people when to react. Have them show up. Have, have like freaking Johnny from like Cleveland in there, and then have Bray show up to his left and have him turn to the ref. Like, like fuck it. Just, he just turns over. Oh, oh, he, he have him turn over with like that speed racer, speed racer level of extra. Just oh, <laughs> you know the kind. <laughs> but oh, you're just dead. Oh. All right. Well. Let's move the the news stories on a little bit here. What do we got here? We got we got Charlotte. Apparently, people want to cancel Charlotte. All oh, this ineffective ass cancel culture bullshit. So what happened now? So Gal Gal Gadot, I believe that's how you say her name, or Gal Gadot, the woman who played Wonder so. Woman. She was a uh, what was she in? She was like in the Israeli army or something. I don't want to put her in the wrong thing and be incorrect. I forget what exactly. Somebody help me out with this shit here. Um, whatever. She tweeted out and she said, My heart breaks. My country is at war. I worry for my family, my friends. I worry for my people. Um, this is a vicious cycle that has been going on for far too long. It, Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. Our neighbors deserve the same. I pray for the victims and their families. I pray for the, this unimaginable hostility to end. I pray for our leaders to find a solution so we could live side by side in peace. I pray for better days. So apparently Charlotte liked this tweet and got nuclear heat across the board from pretty much everybody in the globe. I'm not going to go into all of the politics about whose side you're supposed to be on in this war. I'm done with that, just like with the North and South Korea and all that other shit. Look, obviously, in summary, without me bringing my, my opinion of politics into it, you have two opposing sides here. And uh, if anyone in our society goes for the unpopular opinion, no matter how it's put across, people gasp here. And this is a thing with Sami Zayn, too, where he's shown support for Israel before. And... uh 
this is one of the reasons why he's not allowed to wrestle in certain places and shit like that. You can sort of group Gal Gadot, aka Wonder Woman, in that Sami Zayn area where I'm just going to say to summarize it and simplify it that the, the people that therefore aren't necessarily the popular opinion. So Charlotte liking this tweet about the, the about the support of that in the piece and shit automatically gave her heat. Again, I'm giving you a summary here because I want to get the fuck out of here and so that this doesn't get too complicated. But just so that you more or less understand why there's heat because I know a lot of you will look at that tweet and go, well, I don't understand. She seems to just be supporting and wanting world peace. It's like, yes, but dot, dot, dot. And I'm just going to leave it there. That being said, that shit happened. Um, everybody turned on Charlotte really quick, which I've noticed she's become the the, the freaking whipping girl of WWE. Whenever anybody, whenever she does anything wrong, whenever she makes any, yeah. whenever there's any rumors, like people jump really on her, and that's because of the fact that Charlotte is by definition a fucking superstar. We got wrestlers, but she is a fucking gigantic superstar, and it she just draws that level of attention. On, exactly, exactly. Um, she tweeted out and she said, holy crap, it was a pocket-like. I'm sorry. So her her story basically is that, for anyone that doesn't know what a pocket-like is, it's like a butt dial. She's basically saying that she did not like this, that at some point maybe her phone was in her pocket or somewhere and she touched it, hitting the like across this tweet, not realizing it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's always sounded like a bullshit to me when I've heard that. That doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm just saying it's you see what I'm saying like it's one of those things and I hate to be put in a position where I have to do that but it's one of those things where it's like yes it gets under my skin but yes technically from a physical material world standpoint it's physically possible for all of those things to coincide and happen in that way. But now we also have to d- decide for ourselves our own interpretation, our own suspension of disbelief from peer to peer. What do you think the odds are? Because there are a lot of things when people and this is the thing when people want to debunk shit that they don't want to get caught doing, they're going to try to go for an easy solution. But they're not going to think about all of the different things that you'd have to factor in to make that possible. So let's break it down. Charlotte's phone would have to have been on that tweet unlocked without any kind of swipe code and for her to butt dial like anyone who has a phone you know that you'd have to go from the wallpaper screen at minimum you'd have to turn it on or swipe it or something to activate it and then to touch to, to touch something to get it to activate that way i mean even if you use your nintendo ds stylus if you still had it and tried to touch your screen with it there just wouldn't be enough pressure there for you to be able to even dial like the one on the dialer of your phone and i implore you to all try it. take a stylus right now it's not designed for your touchscreen and try to press a button for like five minutes go ahead see if you can get one button press go ahead take the sleeve of your shirt and try see how hard it is i'm just i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying that once we put in variables and mathematics here the odds of her having her phone in her back pocket unlocked on the screen where this tweet was to like that one thing is in my opinion a little low what say you i would see it being and once again this is not saying that's impossible i see it being more likely if it's a situation i found myself in where let's say you're scrolling through twitter or you're scrolling through facebook and you accidentally hit that like button right so you know what? that one seems a little bit more plausible just because and it, it could have been to me numerous right. times and it could have been that that's what she meant she used the definition pocket like in a very general term and the scenario may not have even involved the pocket it could have been just an accidental touch so 
I'm going to go with saying that. But I'm going to give Charlotte the same shot we give everybody on this show as far as mistakes that are happening. What's going on, Cabby Ghana? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to say this. Usually when something like this happens, we usually will just give it a pass the first time. It's like, sure, anything can happen. You guys remember that referee? who everyone was saying that he was like the part of that QAnon thing and that he has very weird views and things. And that there was also an implication that he was doing like symbols of, of different strange, like uh, skinhead symbols and shit. We were like, we'll wait until it becomes like he seems like a repeat offender. Because again, the gods may smile upon anyone once. Lightning may strike twice. But, but after a while, it's like, all right. And then we were on here last week and he had that crazy shit about the mask and the pedophile and all that other bullshit. Yeah. So they're like, all right, now he's starting to reach levels of crazy. You raised the crazy meter because the likeliness of this happening to her once. Sure. You guys got to refresh my memory, though, because I feel like there was like a racist thing with Charlotte at one point, too. Like there was a questionable racist thing that happened. That was one of the things where I think we because our, our panel was much different at that time. There was a rumor of it, but like there was never any like proof of anything. I think she said, right. So maybe that's maybe that story caught more fuel up. here. Yeah, because there was a point here for anyone who's not been here in the last four or five years. We we cut loose some of the SJWs. We used to have Colin with us, um, and the snowflake. Yeah, this people. particular one decided to jump on the bandwagon before any of the actual proof it came out. So maybe she accidentally pressed something, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, let's just, and I'm going to put a little of my opinion here. I don't think that anything, regardless of whose side you're on in a war, I don't think that anything was negative in Wonder Woman's tweet. I'm going to call it Wonder Woman. It's easier. You know, I don't think was anything was too negative in Wonder Woman's tweet as far as wanting peace and shit. And whether or not you agree with her views or not, I'm really, really. And we this show's become more about this than about wrestling at this point. But I'm really tired of having to come on here every week and worry about somebody getting their whole shit canceled because you didn't like something or an opinion. As opposed to just not supporting that person or just being a part of the opinion. Like, like they shut down Roseanne completely. As opposed to the people who don't like her just not watching the fucking show and blocking her account. They shut down. Who else was it? Like J, J.K. Rowling. You know, where it's like, it's a situation where, yeah, see, Cabigan said it to another Roseanne, J.K. Rowling, where it's like, you may not agree with her, but Jesus, we're just killing, we're killing shit off now. You know? What about, what's her name? Ah, MMA fighter that was in in The Mandalorian. She had a, she had an opinion, an unpopular opinion. It was uh, Gina Uh, Carano. Yeah, she was a bit of a right person and the radical left jumped all over Gina Carano and then they they wanted to get rid of her. It's like, what? why is that the thing though? I don't see what that's doing. Everyone still has the same differences in opinion. Fuck with the other people. You know, everyone still has the same differences in opinion. Like now you're all just more pissed at each other. And like no one, no one wins here. It's just strange. So like the first thing everyone does is also Charlotte liked this thing that Wonder Woman put out. So now we all hate Charlotte. I'm sorry, but I'm, I just can't jump on that bandwagon. And I don't even think she should have had to explain that it was a pocket like or whatever. It's like you could just be like, I don't agree with her. She's an asshole. You're allowed to say that. And she could get mad too. But this whole thing where it's like you got to encourage the whole community to just fucking get rid of the person is crazy. It's never made sense. It's never going to make sense. Not for nothing, but if I if I ever did something for fans, if I had fans, I consider listeners different from fans. If I ever did something, if I had fans where it involved me throwing my body through the air and they wanted to cancel me, I'd be pissed. I'd be beyond livid. I fucking did. I jumped through the air for you assholes. Ain't worry about my tweets. We just talked about that scary ass movie y'all see just last night. And you fuckers are worried about tweets. I just feel so so bad here, you know. As far as that kind of stuff goes. But she says it was a pocket. Like, so what, so what's the consensus with Wonder Woman? Do we hate her now too? So if there was another one, Wonder Woman, people aren't going to support that because. Right. Notice nobody said anything about her. They just went straight to Charlotte. I don't fucking get it. Well, yeah, that was a thing because of the Saudi deal. So, so anyway, let me see what else we got on this program. 
So Zayn sent out some tweets, hashtag free Palestine on his timeline. And he tweeted out this past May 9th, there is no viable moral defense for stealing people's homes based on their ethnicity. And he later sent an angry tweet at Andrew Yang saying, not the most tasteful, after Yang showed support for Israel, he said, not the most tasteful statement to make within hours of Israel bombing Gaza and killing 20 Palestinians, nine of whom were children. But then again, I'm not a soulless piece of shit politician, so what do I know? So he said this to Andrew Yang. Good Lord. Um, That's not good. Hey, and isn't that the guy who's already hot at WWE? Yeah, but that wasn't good that Sammy did that. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Whether you agree with the not. I'm just saying from his standpoint where Sammy is, that wasn't smart. Um, apparently, Sammy Zayn then went on to delete these tweets. We don't know if this was from WWE or whoever. What you know nowadays, that does no good because motherfuckers sit there waiting for you to tweet some shit. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that was not a smart move whatsoever. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, I, I always say on this show, when we started putting this together, we always we always thought we'd be talking about fun shit. It's like a lot of politics. <laughs> right? It almost gets depressing some days. Like, oh. I learned more about how to manage this show and all the crazy politics thanks to how outrageous it gets. Like, just looking at some of this stuff, you know? But yeah, so he, he deleted these tweets. I want to make sure. I'm just being careful. It's not that I don't have the shit in front of me. I'm just being careful. Apparently, pro-Israel groups contacted WWE because they were upset about Sami Zayn's comment. So, uh, and then the cancel, hashtag cancel Charlotte Flair started trending. Is Twitter going to have an undo button? I don't know. Maybe there's an agenda there. You guys never found that a little bit suspicious that there's that there's something as simple as being able to go in and re-edit a post that's been del- deliberately left out of Twitter for years. So instead, <laughs> you always hear about people deleting shit and then it's like, but we still got it. <laughs> you know, there's something weird going on here, man. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on here. Don't be surprised if you hear if you suddenly storylines change and people start losing and getting jobbed out because of their social media. I'm telling you, when you're a wrestler, it doesn't pay. Sometimes when you're a superhero, it doesn't pay. Doesn't at all. It it re- oh my god, it really doesn't. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I really don't use Twitter very much. Like, I think it's like so a like, handful of people I talk to, and that's about it. So then Kayla Braxton tweets on. She goes, can we go one day without the need to cancel someone for saying or doing something we don't personally agree with? And then Hurricane Helms replied to her and he put cancel Kayla. <laughs> oh my God. In my perfect world. That's awesome, right? That's probably what would, you know, it's funny. That's probably, oh my God, I'm trying not to, that's probably like a very left thing that happened. I hate to say it, but that was probably a very left knee jerk to, to Kayla's tweet anyway. Her saying that probably did make a lot of people who were on the cancel Charlotte and cancel Wonder Woman thing stop being cancel her too. Ah! At the end, uh, uh, you know what? South Park is a good, like South Park is really, the, the people of South Park are really how society is portrayed when you look at it. Like that's how it is. Yeah. Ah! When they all get mad and they get Except together and they all come out one. and shit. Like that, that's a joke that's, that's the truth. You know what I mean? Like that's reality. Because that's literally how they act. <laughs> like, you could see the South Park people being like, cancel Charlotte, cancel Wonder Woman. And Kayla's like, why do we have to cancel anyone? And then there'll be like that cancel pause. That and they'll go, cancel out. Kayla. Ah! And it goes to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable, man. So, it's yeah. We have up all these years. Don't cancel me. <laughs> yeah, like, what's, what's up with that, man? I didn't mean I didn't mean to that. What's up with that? But it happened. Oh my god! That it was shit. an accident. <laughs> it was a total accident. It's so bad because it goes to the hurricane helms, and that face just says, "What's up with that?" Oh. All right. Well, 
In other news, hopefully we're almost done with these stories. Zelina Vega. Yeah. Apparently she's coming back to WWE. According to Fightful Select, Zelina Vega is being returned to WWE. And this is, if you guys don't recall what happened, WWE made a rule where you're not allowed to create content anymore. Because remember, we got guys that were doing great on Twitch. Ronda Rousey do, does her YouTube and her streaming. A lot of people AJ do Styles gaming. was very prominent on Twitch and Mixer when it was still running. Paige does her Twitch streaming. She plays a lot of Dead by Daylight. I give her credit for being that dedicated to a game. I've never been able to get into it. Adam Cole, which, by the way, I have to say, he's one of the best streamers on here. I'm not just saying that because he's a wrestler. He was playing Hollow Knight, and uh, he plays a lot of indie stuff, and I just think that his streaming etiquette, the way he goes through the games and keeps engaged with the chat room, which, if you ever went through any of the tutorials of Twitch or streaming anywhere, they teach you to engage your channel. There's an etiquette to everything here, and I just saw him, and I was surprised that he's probably as good of a freaking streamer as he is a wrestler. That being said, I digress. WWE went on to tell people you can't have your own. Uh, besides Twitch, what was the other one? Cameo. You can't have your own cameo. Twitch cameo. You're they're essentially going to be doing something where they you do it through them and they take a cut of the the money, but they take it from the downside of your contract. Anyway, Selena Vega wasn't for this. They released her because she didn't want to delete her Twitch or whatever the process was. Apparently, since then, there's been some sort of a meeting because Selena Vega is going to be allowed to come back to WWE. I don't know if this means she's still going to be subject to the new third-party ban. But again, if you work for WWE, you do have that third-party ban. You cannot just have a Twitch or just go around making accounts for shit anymore. Which, again, going back to Andrew Yang, who Sami Zayn just cursed out, Andrew Yang was one of the Democrats who had promised that he was going to look into the fact that WWE has these people fill out their their job applications as independent contractors, fill out their taxes as independent contractors with 1099 forms, yet as independent contractors, you're giving them rules, you're giving them restrictions, and you're basically telling them where they can and can't work, and you're funneling their money as far as being able to have third-party content. If they're independent contractors, they should be able to have a Twitch. You couldn't tell a plumber that you brought over to your house to unclog your toilet that he can't have his Facebook account. You know, so, but there's a weird world we live in, you know what I mean? Where, like, it's just, there's a lot of this shit goes under the radar. So, Selena Vega got released. She's coming back somehow. I don't really see the details here in far, as far as what was going on. We do know that uh, her husband... The one thing I've heard is I know that she did show up to the performance center and she was filming something, I believe, with The Rock's daughter? Yes, she was at the performance center and she was with uh, Simone Johnson uh, doing something there. I'm not exactly sure... Uh, what the thing was yeah i hadn't heard anything about what specifically it was but i just know that she was at the pc with her yeah they weren't told if it was supplemental footage or if it was some, some sort of a plan about it but they said that her to her return to wwe has been in the works for a while so she's been hanging out with the rock's daughter as you can see on the image that we have up on the right well that's not them actually hanging out but you know you can see the rock's daughter there i don't know i mean I always heard that Vince liked her and everything. I don't know what happened. I'm still surprised that she'd go back and not use this time to go somewhere else. But then again, her husband, Alistair Black, has just been repackaged and they started using him again. Maybe there's some sort of a new deal that we don't know about that we're not privy to. Yeah. What if she goes to NXT and she could still do Twitch? Well, Adam Cole still does Twitch. Apparently, NXT is exempt from not being able to stream games and shit. So, for now. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to. Because I remember it broke her heart when she when, um, she got released, so. Yeah, as it would break anyone's heart. You know, they should have been a little more sensitive considering the pandemic and everything. I'm getting really tired of that. Exactly. Like, we're not out of the woods with this shit. Like, stop just, like, releasing people just willy-nilly. 
We have anything else relevant on the program here? Let me see what we got. Uh, you know, Ricky Starks has a really bad neck injury. We're probably going to talk about that during AEW, but Ricky Starks' neck, uh, he's going to be gone for months. Yeah, um, from his uh, match with Adam Page, I believe, a week or two ago. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was one of the guys. Remember back in the day when Ryback would whip people's asses during catering? Like he'd be backstage. Yeah, he was one of the guys. Food. He's just one. I, I watched a clip today. I didn't grab it or anything. But yeah, I saw he was one of those guys that you just grabbed and beat up randomly. You know, oh, so. Yeah, so uh, he's going to be out for a while. So that's kind of unfortunate. Santana also, apparently, they said that Santana was sick, which was why he wasn't on this Wednesday's AEW. Um, I think it was the flu or something that we've heard. Um, Tony Khan was going to let Ricky Stark wrestle until Doc Samson checked him and he realized how serious it was. So he's going to be out of, out, with a fractured neck. I don't think he needs surgery, but he's not going to be able to wrestle for a while. Yeah. Rehab that one for a good bit. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks, as you know, was on the Mandalorian. She was Casca Reeves, I believe was the name of the character. Yeah, I believe that was uh, the girl's name. Yeah. Well, ba- apparently they're going to be, uh, Disney's going to be putting her up for some sort of an Emmy nomination. Well, good for Sasha. Look at that. Yeah, that is pretty cool, right? She did good. So, I mean, hey, for up props to her. Yeah. And, and you know how much WWE's wanted to get something like that for a while. They'll finally be able to say that they, they, they get, get it off of their bucket lists. You In know, fact, Vince is still told, alive. I, you, but when I, when I would see her on there. There's moments where I'd forget she was Sasha. Yeah, I still, you know what? I still behind on the Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind, but you know what yeah. it is? It's that the plot I I could have kept up with it, but the plot started leaning a little bit too deep into Rebels, which I never completed, and it was like to a point where I was like, you know what? I it's making me feel as much as it felt like a standalone story for season one. This is making me feel like I should be watching Rebels first. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not watching this till I'm done with Rebels. And I'm familiar with Admiral Thrawn from reading the books, like Heir to the Empire and all of those when I was younger. But I know that's no longer canon. That was moved to like the the legends part of star wars but yeah that that whole thing um i i hope that uh they have her win that just because of the fact that they can be like yeah we did it we won that we won the emmy we got an emmy hashtag we made it <laughs> and then that fucking intro like chocolate a bunch of different catchphrases they throw somebody in there we got an emmy <laughs> i mean hey everything in there was thrown out so out of place fuck it right Let's get that list up on the screen for us so we can see exactly what we're talking about here. Oh my god, it'd be fantastic just to hear that shit. The king of kings, you can't see me. We got it, Emmy! Yeah, I'll, I'll take their word for it that she's on that list. That's too small for me to read. <laughs> I, I believe you. I trust you. Yeah, even I can't see it well enough to be able to tell, but yeah, well. It says this, say gra- this, graphic is from the du- this graphic's from the direct, and it says that uh, Mer- Mercedes Renato is listed as a guest star that could win an Emmy nom. Yep, that's about it. What else do we got? I'm just trying to breeze through the program here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just because it's a follow-up on a story. Sonia DeVille, there was a verdict with the Sonia DeVille case. Can you guess what it was? Oh, because it's this society. He's not mentally competent. Not mentally competent to stand trial. So he'll be committed to the Florida State Hospital. For aggravated stalking, third-degree felony, armed burglary of a dwelling, felony punishable by life, armed kidnapping, ransom, or reward of hostage, felony for life, and criminal mischief less than $200, second-degree misdemeanor. So he's committed, essentially, guys, is what's happening. I told you last week, we weren't even talking about this directly, but I told you last week that uh, that this guy was going to uh, just not have to stand trial because they're crazy. These stalkers are crazy. What is that image? You're going to have to... uh. 
you're gonna have to look for me, Dustin, because I have my my program is yeah. I have everything running right now. I see looking at it right now. Sony Deville Stalker, blah blah blah. But yeah, any thoughts on the Stalker before we move on? I mean, it's like I said before. If you go, if this is what they're gonna have to do, you don't let his crazy ass out. Because I mean, for God's sakes, he was ready and willing to kill that girl. Like, I don't give a shit if he's very right, if he's competent to stand trial. You know he's fucking crazy. All right. Well, he's not competent to stand trial. Yet. But, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, if he's, at least he's going to be put away. He's not going to be able to get to her anywhere, you know? Yeah. And, yep, Mercedes, uh, Marano, she is the fourth to the bottom. So, yep, she's on there. Nice, nice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the least, least, all the shit wrong with him worries. and you're worried about the beer, George? Yeah, that's the least of my worries, man doubling back around to the whole third party the third party stuff like twitch and stuff like that the ironic part about this is that according to pw insider wwe closed their entire talent management group and if you guys recall a few months ago when they first banned everyone from being able to make twitch accounts they made a new branch of wwe that's a talent management group that uh it was launched to make money off of the sponsorship deals film tv roles and stuff they were supposed to help talent get booked outside of wwe so this was supposed to be sort of in replacement of what they did and now that's gone so oh, they just made a whole new department just to that's like the people that get like to like the end near the end of a mass effect and they just suddenly don't like the look of a character so they just make a whole new one it's like what was the fucking point politically there there might be a few reasons for that oh god i hate having to say that how many times are gonna have to say that this time oh i cr- i don't know if you could tell but i cr- cringed when you said it and i was like oh fucking course they could have just put that up to make it look better Remember at the time is how everyone, including us, reacted when we were like, how the fuck are you going to tell people that they're not allowed to make Twitch accounts? That's not your money. You can have a job and still have a Twitch and they don't owe you that money. And even though that should have been enough, their their whole thing was, oh, well, look, we're doing a talent management group. The whole reason is because we have our own talent management group and they're supposed to go through our talent management group to do outside endeavors since they're representing our country. It was just a placeholder. They didn't really want to get these guys fucking things. What have they done on Twitch since WWE made the Twitch account? Somebody tell me. Not shit. They just don't want other people to be able to make money outside of the company when they run for them. They don't want you to have something ready to go when it comes around that period of time where they just fire like 20 something people plus they didn't like the wrestlers having a platform where they can say whatever they want they could whatever comes to their mind yeah john leguizamo's in the mandalorian he was in the first season he was the bearded guy he had like a white beard and white hair he looks very old now you wouldn't even have known that that was him but if you remember the mandalorian had a had a friend with him that was like a, a, a gray old man that was john leguizamo believe it or not I didn't know until afterwards when I saw it on the IMDb. I was like, who the fuck was John Leguizamo when I had to go back and watch it? It was like, <laughs> no way. I was like, no way. My mind was blown. But yeah, he was in the first season. <laughs> Crazy shit, man. Oh, my God. Makes you feel old when you see how he looks now. Actually, the fact that he's playing an old man in the Star Wars thing. Because <laughs> that's what happened to me. I was looking around for the guy that I saw in the Mario movie. And I was like, no, he's not that anymore. That's just how my memory is interpreted. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's an old man in this shit, man. Again. Let's forget Daniel LaRusso is older than Mr. Miyagi was when he trained him. <laughs> Don't say that, because that makes me sad again. It made me sad the first time, damn it. Yeah, people are old. I, I, that, that, uh, John, like, I'm glad you brought that up, because that blew my mind when I found out about that. All right, let's see, let's see, because we're getting to, uh, getting to the end parts here. Oh, my God. 
I was just start thinking of actors where I'm like, man, I remember when you look long, when you look young, you you looked younger. So this is a unique request here, but I can respect it from Rebel, aka Reba. If I'm reading this correctly, she has tweeted: If you have an online account imitating RP me or my crutch, you will be blocked. I am not flattered by it. Hashtag Rebel, not Reba. Hashtag RNR. Hashtag my crutch is clutch. So. Based on this tweet, what she is asking is do not make imitation accounts of her and apparently do not make any more imitation accounts for the crutch itself (laughs) to be tweeting on its own independently of her seems to be the more thing that she's pissed off that you're doing. I just love that there's people out there who are making accounts just for her crutch. Do we know what account is just the crutch? Like someone legit made an account, like a shoot account that's the crutch's own profile where where, where it'll speak and I guess see how it feels and shit. I've seen weirder things. But it's just funny that that pissed her off. Don't make an account for my crutch. Some people have accounts for the cats. So somebody maybe. It, so here's the question you got to ask yourself. Is she pissed off that people made an account for her crutch because it's ridiculous or because she didn't do it? And that's not actually what her crutch is saying. <laughs> that's a good question oh she could God. beat this whole thing by making a legit account for the crutch like how much would it cost to get it the blue the little blue thing for right, the, the, little, the, 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 the little blue check so we know to get a verified crutch <laughs> that should be what we push for guys whoever made the crutch account if you're listening to this see how we could push to get that shit verified that'll be he can you imagine a verified crutch there are humans out here who can't get that shit and we could get Reba's, Reba's, Reba's crutch to get the verification pin, man. I would mark out. <laughs> that would be a level of commitment to the character. That is amazing. It would be like, if you guys want to see some of the freaking vulnerabilities in, in Twitter, well, we got the crutch, not even Reba, but the crutch has the verification symbol on its on its oh own God, account. Goes, holy shit. And then it gets so much hitchy goes on to win the AEW women's title. And it's just like, these are championship pits now. The crutch, you probably could get the crutch more over than her. She'll get more followers. <laughs> That's probably, that, that might be what she's worried about. Can you imagine that? The crutch gets, the crutch. the crutch is more over than she is. The crutch is the number one contender. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it just turns into a running gag, and it's just amazing. Oh, my God. The fucking crutch. That's trolling to the maximum. Do you remember when, which, which Uso was it that broke his leg so much that the toy came with the crutch? I think it was. <laughs> I think that was Jimmy. They wanted to you get the Jimmy authentic feel, so that shit he, he came with it in there. It reminds me when DDP back in the day. DDP used to be. I will you, never forget as long as I live. DDP was injured for so long during during WCW that in the game, in the N sixty four game, he would come out with bandaged ribs. You remember shit like the model itself had the ribs bandaged as part of the character. You remember looking at DDP? Think about it. if you remember DDP, the game model in your in your head. Isn't it eerily how well? You remember the bandaged midsection? That's because it was always that. there. I think in the last <laughs> few games, that was the case with Cesaro. He always had a freaking Khaleesi tape on his arm. So yeah. eventually they just started putting it in the game, and it was just like, yep, this is here. Yeah, it's bad when you come with your injury prop. <laughs> but yeah, but Reba, aka Rebel here, she's going to have the crutch as a, as a Twitter account. Or, or rather, she would like you guys to delete it. Don't delete it. I mean, I hate to be say not to delete it, but I would hate to see a good Twitter account go to waste. Right. That crutch is probably more sensible than some of the people on here that want to cancel Charlotte and Wonder Woman. Right. If they can have an account, why can't an inanimate object? (laughs) Okay, anyway. 
We're almost done, thank God. RVD. We watched that thing on the network on Peacock recently. It was like a documentary on RVD for when Uh, we went to the Hall of Fame. Icons. It was pretty cool. He, uh, there was a clip there which he gives Vince McMahon rolling papers. What a new world we live in where that happens. (laughs) And I thought the reaction was priceless. Let's run that. I like the Vince Vince. The Vince Vince laughs. (laughs) That's a good one, pal. I love Vince, man. Oh my god. I just love how I said that come bearing gifts. There's an egg Instagram account with five point two million, so we could get that crotch over if the egg got over. Oh my god. Wow, how weird. You you know it's weird? Cabigon put that link in the chat room, but on my bot app. It came up as the whole HTML code, like with the A H R E F equals with this. That is nuts. <laughs> I don't know why the bot is being an asshole. Yeah, I just got a short little one. It was like, oh, I was like, why the hell is the bot? And I looked over at the brunch bot on my screen. I get a different screen for the chairman. It was like, wait a minute, the fuck? There's like a big HTML code in there. That's not how it's supposed to look. Anyway, there's the there's the Vince Man rolling papers thing. You know, those, um, those are the moments you don't hear anybody ever talk about with Vince. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, he's fucking that up, he's fucking that up, and it's like, no, he still has fun. Oh, you I'll want? He wants. To, uh, oh, is he asking for the clip again? Yeah, I could do that. Something about that laugh. Yeah, I love Vince's laugh. So. uh they did have a cool moment. They had like a warm moment between Vince, Rob Van Dam, and Triple H, where they just basically thanked him for everything that he's done and uh, for for the business, which I'm going to run here and link you guys to. There's always been a bond between Rob and myself. It's just the way that you feel about someone, and you know they feel the same way. It's just there. We've always had that. When people hear the name Rob Van Dam, I hope that it touches a happy part in their brain. Beautiful and smiling right here. Thank you. And that. It makes them feel better about just being themselves. You changed the style of the business. You really did about part of it. Uh, for better or worse. No, in a bad way. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really uh, so cool. you emulate a new community. Yes, uh, absolutely. Awesome. If you're happy being you, hey, you're okay by me. This is a deserved individual for that accomplishment, for sure. If you catch the, uh, the icons, um, revisited with Robin. I don't know if you caught that. I I, I saw it when I was uh, scrolling through stuff today, but I'm probably gonna want to actually watch it either after we get off it tomorrow. But Matt Riddle killed it on there. Oh God! Like oh, Matt Riddle, I can't wait now. Like Matt Riddle absolutely killed it. He was so funny on there, man. Still, one of the funniest things I've seen is when um, it was either right before or after the Hall of Fame. When they had him on the bone and they surprised him with RVD, it want to watch him lose his shit it has to be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But oh my god, that, it almost doesn't surprise me. But now I'm that much more excited to see it. No, he is such a solid personality, man. You're gonna really dig it. Yeah, he's always been a he's always been a really good person. It's funny that his character, even though they've kind of blown it way out in the left field, it is an extension of just who Matt Riddle really is. Yeah, it definitely is really solid looking stuff there. Let me take a quick look here and see if I could uh bring some of it up. I don't know oh, yeah, how. That'd be, that, I don't want that would be that would be fun. Yeah, I don't have it queued up, unfortunately. I don't know if I could access my shit from here and bring it up. 
Yeah, because I know at this point now I definitely got to watch it because you have been on a fucking roll when it comes to recommendations of me because I swear to you, I'm halfway through fucking Invincible right now. I've been crying the whole fucking time. I told you to watch Invincible. It was good, right? <laughs> the only reason I didn't go through the whole thing is because I started getting tired and I was like, let me not fall asleep and run through like three or four episodes and not even fucking know it. But oh my God, yeah, if you have not watched this show, it's on Amazon Prime. It comes with it fucking magical if you think the literally the exact quote if you think the boys was nuts you have seen nothing <laughs> it was nuts it was definitely nuts i'm trying to while, while you're talking and stuff i'm trying to see if i can uh yeah pull this up yeah but it's like when i think back to rob van dam did i lose you is it me? yeah yeah i don't know if that was me okay. or you oh yeah but uh but yeah like when i think of the different, different moments that that guy has probably had through his entire career. Oh, I don't even know if I could pick a favorite. It's kind of tough, you know? Like, I think maybe for me it had to have been, um, oh, God, which one was it? Which one was it? It was TLC 4. It was the one they had on Raw. And it was the first time I saw him hit the Van Daminator. And I mm. just remember thinking that Kane died in that moment. Yeah, yeah, I can only grab it off of Peacock, which is a pain in the ass. So no, we'll do it next time. I'll I'll try to see if I could get the Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's interview on uh again. If anyone has a Peacock, it was uh the hell was the show? Icons Revisited, the most recent episode. Uh, Riddle, he was hilarious on there. I'll I'll grab it next week because I don't want to spend too much yeah, time trying to queue us up into their login and all that shit just to bring it up on the screen. Be here all night. But yeah, cool that Vince McMahon was there with RVD. I thought that was a nice touching moment. You know, yeah, he did do some changes shame. for that. Things with his world championship run just didn't work out. Well, back then it was a different world and you would people looked at you differently just for stuff like smoking, you know? Yeah. All right, anyway. One hell of a program tonight, huh? Yeah, it really has been. With that, let's talk about uh, NXT, the weeklies. We got to do the, the, the weeklies. What is that link? Did he, did he find the thing? He might have found the thing that we have. If he did, we could queue it up, and I'll bring it back up in the. Uh, I'll bring it back up while we're going through the weeklies, and yeah, let me see. Double back to it when we're ready. Let's see what this is. Here we go. If you found it, I swear to God, I love you. Oh wow! Apparently, the whole thing is on YouTube. Jesus Christ! Well, that's perfect. Then let me see if I could grab that URL real quick. I know I'm holding this up live. I'm trying to grab the damn URL. Come here, you fucking URL. There, I got it. Sometimes you gotta do it. Yeah, it has it has to be done. It's not the first time. They 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 they're used to our shenanigans. I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be on there, but it's probably it wouldn't surprise me if it's on there. I mean, a lot of the dark side of the rings have been on there. I think I found sometimes table for threes and ride alongs on there. Stuff just manages to get on YouTube sometimes. They just, I I find whole movies on YouTube some days. So. <laughs> I've still never laughed harder than that one freaking swerved where our truth went i'm working out bro oh my god it's i don't think one's been funnier i nearly passed out from laughing at that shit oh it's on the official wwe channel oh well remember i think that it was it was one of their shows the um well no actually because it's it's icons yeah it's interesting yeah that's i wonder what made them do that i guess i mean Lately, I've seen them have a habit of when there's a pay-per-view rolling up, they'll roll through, like, compilations of big matches from them, like, but, yeah, that being one of their network shows, I mean, I'm not complaining, but, yeah, interesting. I don't normally watch that kind of stuff, but lately, I've been getting in the habit of going to see what the recently added stuff is to the network, and if I'm on here working, I'll have it on the background, because I figure, like, maybe I'll I'll find something. 
Yeah, I know Ride Along and Table 3 were always my go-tos when it came to that. Yeah, just because they were always kind of funny, too. Like, Yeah, oh I got your gosh, audio right. clipping a little because I got so much stuff open. Yeah, I'm just going to grab the whole thing and bring it into our system rather than trying to stream that. I know if I hit it there, right. they're going to try to, they're going to add us in the middle of it. They're going to add spam us. We're looking at Mr. Clean or some shit out of nowhere. <laughs> Damn, you would have to back at Mr. Clean. Whatever, there's my age on whatever the now, nowadays ads are, something will come up. Mr. Clean, that motherfucker still is trying to get. Oh, God. But you know what I thought about? I, I wish you, I, we would have mentioned it last night. Did you did you see what they ran a commercial for? What? The fucking shitty mobile game that they had. That, what was it? WWE Undefeated or some shit? Oh, guys, remember when we put that Undefeated game on here? That was one of the worst. <laughs> it took them. That game's so embarrassing. I can't believe it. They were ashamed of it for like the last three or four months when it came out. They never showed WWE Undefeated. I didn't even notice they advertised it. You, yeah, you have to have no pride. Just probably like, no yeah, pride. That shit. I was like, no, you didn't. What a piece of shit. People don't know this game has been out for months. Okay, I got it. Now all I got to do is find the... uh. Because the Riddle stuff was amazing, dude. How long was Riddle there? He was probably there oh. too fucking long. Oh my god, yeah. I, can't, I don't even know Is how we can... Is there such a thing with too long with him, though? Without any serious knee injuries or anything like that, if you think about it, always consistent, always putting his body on the line, and always stealing the show. It's like, I don't know, it's just... It, it's Rob Van Dam's something special, and it's... I don't think he's... He's one of a kind, you know? No doubt about it. Not just the lyric in the theme song. Now, Riddle, um, we talked about, it's like, you song. know, that's right. It's, it's a good, song. oh, it's a good one. It's, it's one of the get, best. Can you get that on Spotify? Let's jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, he does, he does some pretty sweet moves. Like, I do the floating bro. Right. He did the, like, the Mr. Monday night. You do the split. Let's go back. I like, I like looking at the floating bro, just because it's a, how, how it's an interesting looking move, you know? But did you ever take anything from RPD? Yeah, so really, in, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever does, seen anybody actually use it before. I've seen it in the games, like, but I've never seen another wrestler actually bro. use it. Right? He did the, like, the Mr. Monday night. He did the split. So I feel like the floating bro is my version of like his, you know, little backflip move. I think he used to call it Mr. Monday night. I, you That's know, it. Split, split leg in one cell. So, you know, so I take something like that. Like he did Rolling Thunder. You know, I'm a little more aggressive, so I'm like kick you in the chest and then hit you with a senton, but like that's you know, brawling thunder yeah. right there. <laughs> brawling thunder. Brawling if you know, thunder. If you ever did tag your team or ever interact, I'd probably have to hit you know, brawling thunder. I'd have to probably hit his moves. It's gotta happen now. I have to say right I have to say right now though, his his frog splash is light years ahead of mine. Like light years. He is so good at his Frog Slash is insane. I can't get over Broing Thunder, man. I love that. Uh, oh, just the beginning, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Riddle, you've been in the WWE Universe, the WWE... Jump ahead a little. And everybody else hope in me and other people like me that might not be on the mic. You know, I'm coming after you. <laughs> I can't believe what you said about my mom. Oh. Well, me, I'd be like, what did you say about... Dude, I'm going to knock you out, bro. Like, yeah. yeah. I can't say that. Like, because in real life, that's just how I am. And in real life, people are like that, you know? So I just like how Rob made cool, chill bros seem legit, you know? And because of him and his style and everything, guys like me can now have, you know, a platform. So, uh, you know, you talked about that and it gets discussed in the documentary. That, you know, it, it's hard to say. It, it, it's hard to say because you never know. Because I, I had the UFC background and everything else. So, I, you know, I could have just been perceived seriously. Right. 
so intense you had to take him seriously. All of his moves, everything he did, and I like that's what I when somebody's not just so serious and rob was that then and he's paved the way for people like me and others now for sure and, and bro it's a total change of i want to jump ahead on and but when you he would have to do with jerry lynn yes, sir. ECW, yes, sir. the amount of matches that yeah rob van damme and jerry lynn at ecw were that's the shit that really nice. got me into ecw what a goof but it's so nice when you're watching a show about men fighting each other and women fighting each other all the time, when somebody's not just so serious. Yeah. And Rob was that then, and he's paved the way for people like me and others now. For sure. And, and bro, it's a total change of pace, which is what I think you're hitting He's on. right, though. You know, he has a lot of good points about it. that. Uh, you know, Camp yeah, and I have been talking true. about this all week, just our favorite RVD matches and our favorite RVD you moments. And I'm sure you have a ton. Out. So. Probably a tough question, but does a match or a moment of RVDs immediately spring to mind as your favorite? Well, I, I wouldn't say I can't pick one match because it had a bunch of them. But my favorite feud RVD would have to be with Jerry Lynn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The amount of matches, that poetry, the standoffs and everything, the pace, the intensity, the athleticism. Yeah, those were great, man. But I would say RVD's biggest moment has to be RVD versus John Cena in the ECW arena, and the crowd is just eating. Yeah, I love how much the ECW crowd hated the WWE guys being there, man. That's the crossover from hell. It was just so funny to see Cena throw the shirt in the crowd and he throw it right back. Yeah, man, those were great moments. Those were those true easy Dude, look at the hair. It's I'm a fan, bro. That's, I'm a fan. <laughs> so am I. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, was He's well, a lot of fun. Speaking of that, we mentioned it earlier. You got to great. meet RVD on WWE's The Bump last month during WrestleMania. The Let's jump ahead w- more. You meet RVD. What was all that like for you? Honestly, it was a dream come true. You know, in my life, I've wanted to do a couple things, you know, as a kid. You know, However, there's so much of this good look. Collab with him. I wanted to collab with a lot of people, but really with RVD because I feel like he was a pioneer for you know my kind of people. Sure. And I feel like I'm a modern day pioneer. <laughs> He's so fucking yeah, funny, like, man. You know, <laughs> but like, but you know, like, so we had that bond, and people know the fans know, and like we had that bond with them. So for us all to like. For me to have that moment on the bump, and then to even because he got such a great reaction because it wasn't in the you know earlier, and then to he was gonna say script right, it wasn't in the earlier. to hear that crowd pop. I was go ahead a little bit. To be at like WrestleMania and like do a promo with RVD or anything with good thing. I'm probably gonna get a vest. I'm gonna get a viper vest. Oh yeah, let's go. I want when he talks about Orton, and then we'll wrap up after. What he promo with RVD oh, or talks about Orton. That shit was funny. To be at like WrestleMania and like do a promo with RVD or anything with him, and like just the crowd goes crazy. And it did happen. And it did. It's like whoa. It's like tagging with Randy Orton. It's like I never. I like I wanted this to happen. I remember playing the video game with him. I'm like I hear voices <laughs> in my head, you know. And then now, straight up. Me and Randy, I mean, he doesn't really talk to me much, but me and Randy were tagging. <laughs> I'm talking about getting snakeskin speedos with little Viper printed on them, and he's kind of down with it. And I'm like, this could be a thing. I'm probably going to get a vest. I'm going to get a Viper vest, bro. 
His fucking the Apex Broditer. We could get involved in this, man. I don't know. Maybe it could happen. I mean, I'm starting to think WWE needs to get one of those six man tag titles. You know how they do that? And I mean Let's get to work. I'm not I'm not against it. Also, I was thinking, you know, you know, I'm I'm a little younger than Randy, just a little. And you know, he's kind of taking me under his, you know. I don't know what snakes call it. It's not a wing. Under his you know, uh, scales. Whatever. But I'm thinking, could you imagine if Randy like took a couple more people under his wings, guide us, and we were kind of like the new ev- like evolution 2.0? Uh, <laughs> right. The fucking guy is not. I know I plant oh, seeds sometimes. This is really how he is. That's the funniest said. part. Oh, it's out I love that he was like, I know I plant seeds sometimes. It's right there for you. <laughs> Kind of rhyme, and you know, and I wouldn't be upset if Randy came in to do some lessons with us. You know, give us some some tutorings because you can we can learn a lot from these guys. Agreed, hundred percent. Oh my god, dude, Riddle is ridiculous. He's he's money. I hope they understand how entertaining this guy is, man. Which they clearly do. He, he, he is gold right there. That man. That's what we need in this company. You know, need more Riddle, less Eva. Yeah, he is going to get Randy high again. You're right. All right. All right, guys. Let's talk NXT. What the hell happened there? Do we remember? Anybody even remember? I got everything in front of me. Uh, you do you? It's so the opposite of where I am right now. I'm here fumbling. Where the fuck is the NXT stuff? God damn it. Where so we kicked okay. off the Tuesday Night Mayhem with oh, this poor boy, Austin Creed. I mean, wow, Austin Theory. Versus Karrion Cross. Yeah. Versus Karrion Cross with the finish being Cross putting Theory to sleep. He knocks the holy shit out of him with that forearm shiver to the back of the head and then puts him in the straight jacket and chokes him out. I gotta say, look at this image here. I thought this was really good camera work here because after he wins, look at how they have Balor appear from the side here. I just thought that was really cool. I was just like... He's like staring down. They're there, right? Now watch this. Like, just the way he's just suddenly there. <laughs> like, I haven't forgotten about me, have you? I love how he's how he stood there like he'd been there the whole time. Motherfucker's just oh, appear man. in NXT. You ever know what that shit? So it's basically Balor proposing a rematch in which Karrion Cross accepts. Yep. So at this point, from about two weeks from this night, we get caught Cross Balor 2 for the NXT Championship. Mm-hmm. Now my issue with this is that Cross is essentially a Scott Steiner, late Scott Steiner minus the personality. Like you know the way all Scott did in his later years was suplexes. Um, like Cross, he just does a bunch of Daisaito suplex and stuff, and he has the voice of Al Snow, like I mentioned before. It just, it just doesn't work for me, man. Okay, I mean, Cross isn't doing it for me. <laughs> a bunch of suplexes with the voice of Al Snow. Pretty much. Leon Ruff, who's showing more and more personality every time we see him, he goes crazy, swiping shit off of Regal's desk, wanting to compete without uh, Regal allowing him because of the beating that he took the previous week. Uh, after that, we get a non-title tag team match, which is Brazango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze going up against MSK's Nash Carter and Wesley, with the Finch being MSK with the Spinebuster Blockbuster combo on Breeze. What do they call that shit again? Do I don't even name? think it still has a name. Give it a name already. It's getting right, hard for me. Give a name, for Christ's sakes. What are, they, what are they busy? Are they taking naps over there? Anyway, uh, we're going to do raw set. 
I like I don't I forget who the MSK guys are. I don't know them by name, but I like the fact that one of them imitates Brizango, but so exaggeratingly. Watch the way he does Brizango's taunt here. Like he takes it to the next level. Like he he he. It was like Brizango's taunt on Coke. Back down, lost those championships. So very keen to get back to the top. I'm Hold sure. on, drop back down, or were they wrong? Losing those titles without saying. Now watch him because he does it back to him. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> he just kept. It wouldn't stop. He still. He still. He still <laughs> it was just such a long version of it. Like he really got his hips up for that shit. He's like, I'll taunt you back with your taunt. Ah, he went crazy with it. That motherfucker did that shit when I'm about to get some pussy tonight. I taunt you. I taunt you. Does that motherfucker not look like bitch? I'm about to get the lay tonight. I swear to God. <laughs> It popped me because I've never seen them do shit like that before. It was great. That hip shimmy. <laughs> um, I preferred when Fandango did it. I've got to be honest with you. Carry on, Fandango. I got it. <laughs> Just it's so much unnecessary movement. It was so much more taunt. If you ever select him in the game, don't hit the tombine. We'll fuck you up. You know how long he'll be stuck in the, You'll be stuck in that animation all weekend. <laughs> You better hope it's one of those games where all you gotta do is hit a button and get out of the talk. And if you're stuck in it oh like you are in the game now, you are fucked. Oh my god. And what happened in this match, man? The ref gets involved in the leapfrogs too. They hit the ropes and the ref in this shit too. Like the ref part of the act. Look at this. Watch. The ref. I thought I was seeing shit at first. The ref gets a higher pop. He's more over than the ref. Watch. The ref. Here we go. We get the rope sequence, right? With the blind tag there. Hit the rope down. Look at that. They both go under. Both go under again. Both go under there, then they collide, right? But then look what happens here when the ref gets between them. So he goes under, ref goes under, ref fucking leapfrogs with him. What the fuck? And then the ref, he... <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Oh my god. This is what I mean. This is what I mean about NXT still being something that I enjoyed where I used to enjoy all of us. NXT always does shit that... It makes me, it reminds me of the fun stuff of wrestling, you know, because like NXT, it was like, wait a minute. Am I seeing shit? Did the ref go down? <laughs> Is the ref involved in this spot too? Here we go. I'll I do it like again. I feel like if I see this happen anywhere, I got a kick just because it's like, wait a minute, what? material top to bottom. They were robbed with their loss and they're looking to get back on track. Oh, and oh. Breeze running into Fandango. Look at that. He goes down. Hold on a second. This is referee. Look at the referee. What a drop kick. You know what? I forget that what makes me laugh so much about that. That looks like some shit they do on like a house show. That is a very indie house. That's the kind of thing PWG would have done a revolve back in the day. Just one of those fun moments that happen. Right, like, oh, right. like why would he just position himself in the way? For the spot, well, clearly it's for the spot. You have to have a suspension of disbelief. Like, I'm about to get out this ref contract it, this year. goddammit. it, what's this? Shit? It's still wrestling. You still have to suspend your disbelief. So, yeah, obviously he got in the way. I guess it would have been better if they would have timed it where he would have been trying to get order and been in the middle. But they were doing their best not to accidentally collide. So I kind of get what they were going for there. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, also, Alex Alexander Wolf was supposed to face Killian Dane, but apparently he has a stomach flu or something is what they were saying is going on there. Yeah, something um, a little stomach bug going on. So. Yeah, I wish him well with that. Uh Pete Dunn has a match. He's, he's accompanied by Oni Larkin against Leon Ruff. They've kept them apart so long, I almost forgot that Pete Dunn and Oni Larkin were a thing in that stable. Um, the finishers, Ruff gets, uh, he essentially gets punched out of the air and then submitted, uh, an elbow to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'll um, play the unfortunate he whipped out demise here. Yeah. No, you can talk. Go ahead. Talk. 
I'll turn I was like, yeah, Pete Dunne whips out that horrifying finisher where he puts you in a triangle and then basically busts your fingers all at the same time. Yeah, Ruff was looking good out there, but obviously it's Pete Dunne. His mistake, as most mistakes would be in this, he goes up to the top right here, gets knocked out of the air with that forearm, and then he just chokes him out. And this was after, against the wishes, against the behest of William Regal. Remember, he went into his office earlier, like I told you guys, he swiped everything off demanding a match, even though Regal didn't feel like he'd be in any condition after the previous week's beating. So that leads to the finish there. Yeah, I mean, hey, he hung in there with the bruise away, so that's a victory in itself, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we get my favorite girl, of course. We get NXT Women's title match, Raquel Gonzalez against Mercedes Martinez. With the finish to this being the one-handed powerbomb. Uh, obviously, Raquel going over here. Thoughts on this match? Hard hitting. Good God, this was physical. But I'm not surprised because I kind of knew it was going to go was going to be going into it. Raquel Gonzalez and her long ass legs. <laughs> when Martinez went for that running low knee near the end of the match, I felt it felt like Raquel hit her with that big boot from across the fucking room. Like, she just put her foot out and just... Yeah, it really did. It really did. Also, Martinez, what was that? A draping? Was that a a draping crossroad or something? I'll put it up here. You take a look and tell me. Almost like a twisting twisting neckbreaker there. That looks really solid. Yeah. It looked like some kind of, like, variation of, like, a hangman neckbreaker. Yeah, good work. I love that girl. She does really solid work. Like I said, NXT is the saving grace in this freaking apocalypse of bad content. Uh, also, there was a spot here. Mar- Martinez with that apron spear, I believe. Is this what I have on the screen? Hopefully, I timestamped it correctly. That is soul-crushing for Mercedes to come so close to victory. And look, Raquel Gonzalez said in one year, she surpassed everything Martinez has done. Beautiful. <laughs> that Very well looks done. So Very well executed. They had any business looking. Yeah. No, these two girls, they're, they're doing really solid. And I, I think, what was it? Was, it a, was that a top rope? I don't want to say almost a flapjack style move. I don't want to call the wrong thing. I'm no expert, but it's like it's almost feel like a top right rope. This here, in, she carries her up. Oh, over the top rope. oh, I know what that was. Um, that is a move known as the alley oop. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is what yeah. it was called. Yeah, it, okay. she just had to adjust it at a certain angle for it to look good and her not hurt herself too bad on the ropes. Yeah. And then what happened to Bronson Reed? They jumped him and they took a magic sack from him? Or what the fuck was going on? They stole something from him? An artifact? Or was so some weird... <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, I don't really know. Later on in the evening, we're introduced to Isaiah Swerve Scott's new stable. The new team from Isaiah Swerve Scott. What do you think of them? I like the name Hit Row, first of all. So they pop out here. If you guys recall, they used to have when they whenever they showed him backstage, those were the guys that were in the studio with him. And we, we talked about who they were last week. They got a good look to them, right? Yeah, there's a good look. The music fits well. Thank you. Yeah, they 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 were alright. They're still green. You can still see that they're green. They're not comfortable completely out there, but they're 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 solid enough. Yeah. You know, one of them's top dollar. Um, that's what they gave the guy last week. I forgot his name that we talked about that was on the treasure hunting show. But yeah, that guy's top dollar. Uh, what else happens? What else? What else? What else? Come on, NXT. Oh, we did, help uh, me out here. 
Oh, wait. Show. We had more fun with, with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes goes to bid. He goes to an auction to bid on a house. Two million dollars. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, two hold million. the phone. <laughs> two to me. have an auction without Cameron Grimes. Alan, is that right? Two million. So we're going to jump ahead Alan, a little because it goes for a while. Million dollars. Eight million dollars, ladies and gentlemen, with eight million. Any increase. Go once. <laughs> Going twice. Twenty million. Twenty And the million dollar man outbids him again. I'm out. So twenty million dollars to the gentleman in the back with the deep pocket. Who spends twenty million on a house? Who else? Ted DiBiase. Yo, million dollar man looks good for his age, right? Ted DiBiase ruined my life again. I love that we have Million Dollar Man storylines in 2021. Isn't that some shit? Yeah, I love it. But yeah, he came I knew it was him. I was like, well, they're setting it up. It's becoming a running gag now. Yeah, which apparently I believe he will be on NXT tomorrow night. Yes, there was an announcement that the Million Dollar Man himself is actually, after all of these cameos and all of these taped vignettes that they've been doing and this running gag, there was an announcement that he's going to actually be there, which is good since this storyline's actually been interesting. I actually have a clip here to show you guys of that. You know, everybody's telling me, don't buy property in Florida. It's too hot. There's never a winter season. You know what I tell them? I'm the Million Dollar Man and I'll buy whatever I want. Besides, what's another $20 million mansion in a state that has no income tax? But the best part about buying property in Orlando is it's just a short limousine ride away from the Capitol Wrestling Center. That's right. So Cameron Grimes, NXT Universe, I'll see you this Tuesday on NXT. He still hits the lap. That's awesome. Wow. My childhood. Yeah, that was cool. So we have Million Dollar Man, which you see, that's how you use legends and old guys like that. You have them get these younger guys into good storylines. I've been loving all the, the Cameron Grimes stuff. You guys know I'm at this point, NXT just thoroughly entertains me and I'm not even looking to be entertained. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like there's it's the one show of the week where there are zero complaints, really. Yeah, and and I was, I mean, you guys know when I started this, I was more pro AEW. I went for the whole thing too. It was the new shiny toy. And it was just like, oh, you know, I'll be watching AEW. And they won me over. And I always find, and I've always told you guys that when it comes to wrestlers and when it comes to shows and stuff, there's no better connection with something that wins you over as opposed to something that you're already behind. When something wins you over, you're probably going to like it forever. Like Matt Riddle won me over. You know, he t- took me from one side of the spectrum to the other. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? This guy's like a goofy, totally radical dude. And after I got to know him, I was like, man, I really like this guy. You know, FTR. Remember when we used to see the revival in the beginning? We didn't get it. Like the charisma of it, right. it didn't really match. They completely won me over to the opposite side. So there are times that something is good and it'll win you over. You know, and I think that's the best angles. And NXT, at the time, I felt they were getting a little dry, a little stagnant. Competition always helps. Having two things there helped. And they won me over because I was completely paying attention to AEW. And whenever I watched NXT, it was like there were, that was where the things were to talk about. I told you guys before, there's a different perception of wrestling when you guys are watching it casually and you complain about it and enjoy it as opposed to like myself and Destin where we're looking through it to find stuff. So we literally have a gauge of how much good and how much bad and how much uh, indifference there is in the product to product stuff. 
and I find it with I NXT, mean, I don't do any looking. That's the difference. There's times I watch a whole AEW and be like, what do they give me to really put on the thing? A- NXT, I'm just enjoying. Like everything is just fun. It's like I could put, I could watch the whole thing with you guys. That's how good it is. I, th- I think a good way to put it, you almost find yourself watching NXT, not even in the sense of like, okay, we gotta talk about it on Monday. Yeah, exactly. It's more like just watching it just to enjoy it. And the thing is, just like anything else, if you like comic books, if you like anime, then that's the tone you like in your wrestling. I like my wrestling the way I like my comics and my anime. When it's time for the fights and stuff, if something serious needs to happen, needs to get dark, that's cool. But I like for it to also not take itself too seriously, where we could have moments where we're like, wow, these guys are goofy. You know, that, that's, the thing. that's why stuff like Dragon Ball always got popular and shit like Kingdom Hearts and video games. These are series that when you're experiencing them like they're fun and there's a lot of cool shit there but then it can get dark really fast when something bad happens and it'll take you right back into that other tone you know nxt is the best at doing that where it's like raw and smackdown trying the whole thing comes off stupid um more raw because smackdown's had its good times and uh aew let's wait till we get there man i don't even have enough fucking hours in the day right now to deal with that so kyle o'reilly versus only larkin with pete dunn like i said before uh this was really good. Obviously, you have two guys there. Kyle O'Reilly with that guillotine. I, I, I believe it was O'Reilly's guillotine and then with the knee into the vertical brain buster. Um, yep. Let me see if I could uh, bring that up here. Yeah, hold on a second. Right here you go. Oh, this was pretty. Looking down to two knees. Just caught a knee. Lorcan may be out. O'Reilly trying to capitalize. That was the second knee, and then it was into that vertical. That was solid. Now, our O'Reilly, if you guys, you guys can actually look on the Peacock Network, and they have it there. In the old, uh, in the old days, or actually, no, it won't be on Peacock. Why would I think that? If you go look at Ring of Honor, obviously, they're old matches. He used to have a different vertical brain bust. Like, that was like the medium one, and then he would do like the straight elevated one, which I don't really think he does in NXT. But Kyle O'Reilly's had that brain buster for years in the Indies. It's always been solid. I've always really liked the look and the form of it. Uh, the ending to this, I thought, was really, really cool. As a fan of Red Dragon, oh, spoiler yeah. alert, because you guys already know that around me. I've always loved Red Dragon. They don't so much reunite, but there's just like a nod to the fact that they used to be Red Dragon, which I thought was cool because Kyle's getting his ass kicked. He's getting jumped, and then this happens. For O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. And Pete Dunne. Come on. Dunne was waiting for that moment. Hockey fight middle of there, and in comes only Two on one sneak attack now. How is the... Just doing damage on his own there, and now Kyle O'Reilly back in the fight. Only Lawson and Pete Dunn scurrying out of there. I got excited. Wait, I'm going to let them finish. I got my own scores to settle. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, so they're not putting them back together, which is a shame. But at least they have that little nod. I don't want them to all break up, you know. And that was like, to me, the core. That was the best tag team, man. My my days was watching them in New Japan in the Ring of Honor against teams like the Forever Hooligans and uh, freaking... uh, 
Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin and the Dudleys and all that. I mean, these guys, they they really were something else, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, all of the matches they, that they had with the Briscoes and uh, the Young Bucks. Get back together somewhere down the road, though. Yeah. They, and they, you know what? I can't complain. They do good for them in NXT. I was most worried, and I know not everyone made it through the transition. I, I had never been more worried than I was with these specific four guys. Like that to me was the, the height of my concern. Aside from Nakamura, the height of my concern of people coming from the indies and getting shitted on was everyone in the undisputed era. And they did the best that they could with them. And to be fair, all of those guys have history, but they never really had history outside of uh, WWE where they were all for a team like that. It was always different. Like at one point it was Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole were future shock when they were younger. And then he left and went with Bobby Fish and he was no longer with Adam Cole. And then the three of them were there for a while, but uh, Roderick was with them at a different point. You know, like at one point, I wasn't it Roderick? Wasn't it Roderick and Davey Richards who were like the Dojo brothers at one point and the, the Indies so. and stuff? Like all of these guys have mixed and match teams. Let's not forget at one point Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen with the Young Bucks and they were called Matt Rushmore. I believe they had, uh, they had freaking, uh, yeah, that, that, that's how the name of the team was. There's the three of them. There was all kinds of different variations of these guys. But I think this, what they did with the Undisputed Era was really good. You know, it, it sort of respected their history. And I find with WWE, as much as you guys will give them shit, then if you do have what WWE identifies with as rich history, they will incorporate it into their universe. Like if it's something they were like, wow, that was good. They're not going to just pretend that it doesn't exist. And I think the proof of that is teams like the Dudley Boys that were always the Dudley Boys wherever they were, or even the Road Warriors that, yeah, they made them LOD and people didn't like them as much as LOD, but it was still Hawk and Animal and they were Hawk and Animal. You know, I wasn't, it's like they, when you have history, They'll they'll let you carry that over, and it'll it'll become part of uh who you are. Look at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You know that whole story. I was worried about once he turned took was no longer El Generico, and they kind of still carry. They don't really talk about it being El Generico, but it's all there. You know, so uh, so I'm glad that they gave this a nod, and maybe it is a tease. This kind of leaves it open where maybe in the future they will reunite. You know, I think they did that just to let us know that it's very possible. But for now, they're like, both doing their own thing. Sense to say like, hey, it's not fully over. Yeah, exactly. Um, after that, we had... So did you see the way, that little video thing that they did for the way? <laughs> I fucking love these guys so much. I had to go back. I did I did literally a double take. I had to go back because I didn't know what I was watching the first time with it. It was like, what the hell is this? And then when it happened, it's like it, it almost processed slow in my brain. I was like, what? <laughs> Let me jump back to that for a minute for I you I feel guys. like that's it's, what you got to do with some of the stuff. You got to watch it twice. The first time I, I re- laughed... And the second time to be like, okay, that's what happened. I rewind more with NXT than, than with anything. So what I like most about it is keep in mind with this video package that the way they're still heels, they're still bad guys here, but this is the video package that they have for the way. In a world filled with evil and uncertainty, two women overcame every obstacle and found a way to achieve their destiny. The new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, The Way. <laughs> Look at the fucking picture, dude. <laughs> Is that the artwork? It should be, right? Yeah, fuck it, right? Like, oh, my God. Th- these guys, I told you, I'm so happy. There's once again a case of I'm so happy that I follow Candace and Gargano all the way from the Indies, man, just because it's so... 
good. It's better than I thought. I got to get all sound bites of me telling you guys how much fun it was going to be to have Candice here. It's so much better than I thought. Because with the creative and NXT, like every time I see them, I pop for them. Like I was laughing so hard at that. What? What's the dog? Do they have? Do they have that dog? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen that dog. <laughs> Did they steal fucking <laughs> Frankie's dog? Like, oh man, I love NXT still. See, that's still good wrestling, guys. Just stay stick away from Raw. You're gonna kill yourelves on Raw. All right. Which you shoot your way, eye out. Get to the ratings. I have a theory, and ironically, it involves Raw. But we'll get to that when we get to the NAEW. Yes, we will. And that brings us to the NXT Cruiserweight title. Best of two out of three falls match between Kushida defending his Cruiserweight Championship against Santos Escobar. Finish being Kushida going over with the Northern Lights suplex on the third fall. Dude, and then uh, Legado del Fantasma tries to jump him. But uh, MSK deals with them and, and the goons and everything. And that's pretty much how it goes. Thoughts on the match? This match was fantastic. Yes, absolutely. It was good enough when it was just one fall, and then it's like, oh, but there's more. <laughs> I haven't been this excited for a Cruiserweight title match in a long time, but yeah, these guys absolutely stole the show. You couldn't have them in any other position but the freaking main event. Like, um, Escobar did one of what's become one of my favorite submission spots. It's that surfboard stretch where they basically elevate them up into the air. Uh-huh. It's become one of my favorite spots just because the level of strength you have to have to hold a whole nother person up with just your arms and legs. Escobar has the mannerisms of a heel down to such a good condescending point. There was this one thing he did, and it's not even a big thing, but this is what they talk about in wrestling, the psychology, the small things that you do that really stand out. So he has Kushida and essentially a Boston crab on the steel steps. And the ref goes for a five count for him to break. So obviously Escafar is forced to break. But he gives Kushida like a little ass chop. Did you catch that? Like, look at this here. I fucking laughed. Like, just look at this. This is such a heel <laughs> thing to do. It's Kushida. See, has a Boston crab on the steps here, right? Into those lungs. Cannot defend himself. Escobar can win the first fall via count out. It doesn't matter. We're still scoreless in this two out of three falls. And Escobar doesn't want to get DQ. Doesn't want to get disqualified. Qualified Boston crab. The throat of Kushida. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You gave that motherfucker the get back in there, son. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you know what? Escobar, I did like him better as NXT champion. And this coming from someone who's followed Kushida most of his career. And, uh, you know, Kushida's good too, though. He deserves it. But I really dig Escobar. Santos Escobar and these guys, they have a very solid thing going. Santos had uh, a great run with a cruiserweight title, but I think he did all for it that he could, really. Because he'd mm-hmm. beaten almost all the cruiserweights. I think at that time, Kushida needed it a lot more. Yep. That being said, fellas, it is time to put a number on this. Uh, NXT is drastically, dangerously dipping here. Uh, this they now have crazy. Yeah, I don't know what's happening at this point. They're now down to 697,000 viewers with a .17 in the 18 to 49 demographic. They took a dive uh last week they had 761,000 viewers they were up a point point 18 in the 18 to 49 demographic the week before that was 744,000 so they were down in numbers but in the 18 to 49 demographic they were up a point 22 rating and the week before that they were at the 841,000 and a point 23 in the 18 to 49 demographic which is pretty much positive in all the ways they are down there's no other way to put it there's just not eyes on the product it doesn't matter if it's good or bad it's just kind of like they just aren't eyes on the product right now. It's going to take something, and sometimes you can't really change that. Uh, I do feel like the changing in the schedule and everything else, the, all the seismic shifts and things, 
they suffered the most from it. And AEW still had that new and shiny thing going on. And uh, people just jumped right back to it. And even though we don't really like everything that they did, they were smart enough to get eyes on the product. Whether or not you liked the explosion, you did tune in to see if there was going to be an explosion. Whether or not you liked the whole freaking... Uh, what the hell's that match they did with Inner Circle and, and Jericho and them? Oh, uh, blood and guts. Blood and guts. You knew there was going to be a blood and guts. You know what I mean? They're doing a really good job of getting eyes on them. And whether or not they, it's worth it, it's, it's, it's working. NXT and WWE, they've unfortunately fallen into this bad stigma of what they do is they change the graphics and they change the title of things around. And they do that too much to the point where at the end of it, you don't know what it is about it that makes it different from what you're watching on any other day. I could literally take this Talk Brunch episode and be like, Talk Brunch Supreme and just, you know, just make shit up as I went along and tell you guys that the Matt Riddle stuff was the special or that something it's like you, you can't do that people can tell the difference between you genuinely put extra production in or when you're just basically cosmetically painting to make yourself look good and although nxt is good i think there's been too many situations where they've over advertised or tried to make it a special event or something that it didn't need to be or having a two-night event one night on wednesday and then we'll continue night two on thursday on peacock that kind of shit drain people and you get content burnout and now, unfortunately, although WWE has the better product as far as the the, the indie products goes, uh, AEW is kicking their ass. At least yeah. that's my the way that I'm seeing it. That's uh, realistically the way it is. Like, if you're taking out who you like and who you don't like, that's what it's really coming down to. Yeah. And uh, with that, that brings us to NXT episode 85 here. Uh, which AEW. Op- I mean, AEW episode 85, AEW Dynamite episode 85, which opens with the IWGP United States heavyweight title match. Yugi Nagata with Ren Narita, which was his, uh, I guess his young boy, being going up against John Moxley, being accompanied by Eddie Kingston with the fin- finish being Paradigm Shift. What are your thoughts here? This was as smash mouth and as physical as I expected. Ooh, they hit. I kind of figured going into this match. Because I know there's a lot of people who had never, who at least for the American fans, who had never seen Yuji Nagata wrestle before. I've seen him a handful of times, but I haven't seen <laughs> him. I'm joking, ever. George. Yeah, good. But yeah, like to see him. First of all, this was cool. Just the fact that we had this. Like, this, I love this little moment right here. We are showing like the backstage moments before they come out. So it's like it's to get you just a little extra amped up. And I love how they, when they do stuff like that because it communicates how special of an occasion this particular match is about to be. But now this match was awesome. Like I love the fact that Moxley Moxley almost seemed to put a little bit of extra kick on everything he hit um Nagata with in this match. Okay. But it's because so, like the guys forget Blue Justice, the guys are bonafide badass, so I'm gonna I'm gonna detect I'm gonna take this apart one thing at a time. So first of all He has been a mainstay Moxley But here is the champion, the fighting champion Wild thing does not fit Moxley. I I I like the Tony Khan. You know, you know he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're willing to spend TNT money on like WWE that hates licensed music and shit like that. Wild thing is older than all of us and probably everyone there. And it's not even like the uh, there are versions of Wild Thing they could have used that were more up to date. And even then, I wouldn't have given Moxley Wild Thing. I, the gesture is cool, but a lot of this music is not in this generation. You know what I mean? And some of it works. Like with the Orange Cassidy, obviously that worked. Yeah. Um, The Jungle Boy sort of worked as well. But really, like when it comes to this, this was a miss. 
And I hope they realize that Moxley's metal. You know what I mean? Moxley's death metal. Exactly. Moxley's not fucking a wild thing. It may as well be if Sweet anything, Home Alabama. If anything, I can't remember. I think like the band might be Red Rider. But I would have picked, like, um, if you're going to pick an older song, that song Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider. That might have fit a little bit better. It's not as metal, but I feel like vibe-wise it could have fit a lot better. But yeah, this yeah. one was just kind of out of place for him. Yeah, I'll have to hear it. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of good things in the match first because that's really all that there are. But we get this avalanche explosion suplex. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, they, they can learn a lot from watching Yuji Nagata do I, his work. I agree, man. Oh, look at this! Oh, oh the exploder! That was pretty solid. Uh, you do get that that submission that he does where you see the white of his eyes. Yeah. Uh, when, oh, he, when he has an, I love how I love the way they sell just the eyes alone. Yeah, when he reverses on Moxley oh, here. Look at that counter. Now just, and now he's looking for the arm break on the Shiro May. Nagata wrenching back. Boy, and Moxley's got a dig and deep. The, there you see the Shiro May, the whites of the eyes. Nagata going to... So I thought that was cool right too. Uh, now look, here's the bad news. As far as the match goes, this was poorly done. Like entirely. It was too short. It was underwhelming. Uh very short match they have segments that i mean think about it moxley was coming out it was two minutes into the show two and a half minutes into the show moxley was coming down to the ramp at wild thing this white of the eyes is happening 10 minutes in it wasn't even a 15 minute match um they have shitty segments and shitty matches they go three to four times as long sometimes they let most of the aw jobbers and aw dark and elevation people go 20 minutes against people like chris jericho you know what I mean? We've seen like tag team leader. We've seen one half of jobber tag team kids take Jericho 25 fucking minutes and you got y- Yugi Nagata. And to the defense, it seems like Yugi is not himself. He's not able to move as well. He's having issues. It, it, he, he doesn't look the same. So there could have been a pacing thing here. But at the same time, you had this guy come all the way across from Japan here for this match. You made it a first match, first of all. This is again my problem with their booking. Why is something like this that's very special, that's for a championship, a guy who you had come all the way from Japan in a pandemic, why is it a curtain jerking match? It's in the first fucking 10 minutes. Okay, and this guy came all the way from here for. And I did not like it. I didn't find it heavy hitting. I disagree with that. I didn't find anything too special about it. I think I covered everything special about it right here. And that's a damn shame. You know, it's this, I don't know. This entire AEW Dynamite has a theme where it feels like they're in a rush. I don't know what they're rushing to, but everything was done in a rush. And you're going to see, I'm going to keep pointing it out to you guys throughout the night. But this was a case where it's like, why wasn't this match in the middle? You have a guy who's only here for that. Why the fuck was that match so short? And it had no good spots or sequences. This is all that happened in it. They did the forearm thing where they both do the forearms against each other, but it wasn't even really that good. I mean, it, this, this was very disappointing. So we're off to a bad start already. Um, and just in case it couldn't get any worse, Cody Rhodes does a fucking promo. Oh, I did not like this whatsoever. And the promo made no sense. And I know he got heat on the internet for this fucking promo. I'm not even going to play the whole thing because it goes on too long. Proud of being an American. And... Okay. Which nationality is Anthony Agogo? He is. I know he's from the UK. And and I know Cornette pointed this out, but the problem with this whole proud to be American thing Cody's doing is that it works for Hogan when he was going up against a heel Sergeant Slaughter or when he's going up against Iron Sheik or when we're at war with different countries throughout the time we've done it. We're not really at war with anyone in the UK and the whole proud to be American thing is out of place in May. There's nothing patriotic going on in May. This felt out of left field. I, I, I saw a tweet from Brandy. I saw a screenshot of it. I don't know if it was a photoshopped 
I almost want to believe that it was, but she said something like that this promo moved her and that she can't wait till her daughters are old enough to understand so that she could tell her kid about this promo. And I feel like that had to be a troll tweet or, 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 or photoshopped. You guys are going to have to check Brandy's Twitter and tell me if she really said that shit. The funniest thing I seen was somebody photoshopped underneath the tweet, the Scott Steiner math promo. As the, the, so, <laughs> I saw as, that one. as the tweet that she's talking about, but I don't think that was it. But it's just weird because this, this is out of nowhere. And let's just say you like Cody's long-winded promo. He talks about America and patriotism. I'll let him go on a little bit here. He talks about having a black and white baby with him and Brandy. Let's go ahead. He gets emotional. He starts crying. Anthony collects that great green courtesy of the U.S. Treasury. He's afforded all the same rights we all are to do. Anyway, it's a very patriotic promo. It's up to your interpretation whether you liked it. I did not. I found it all over the place. He even talks a little bit about how Tony Khan's father came here and uh, he goes into the origin of Tony Khan and I was an immigrant who came here and built this company. And blah, in case anyone didn't catch that, that's what he was talking about there. Um, let's just say that I go with this. So, yeah, USA versus UK, USA versus UK, USA, USA. All of this for fucking Anthony Agogo? Yeah, the UK guys... New. Bro, I bro, I can't even remember what Anthony Agogo looks like right now. You gave all of this for Anthony fucking Agogo? Like, save something with this much energy and spice for if you feud with someone like Sting or a legend or somebody or even Sean Spears. Anthony Agogo? And we're going, we're giving a fucking speech. Like, you would think that he's going to face Thanos. Like, and I say what he like. That's freedom. Cody That's America. Promos, but this one was just like, you know, this guy's new, right? You talk about division, you talk about anger, you talk about the argument from the outside in, we hear that all the time. Take it from an American, the argument is what makes us who we are. Yeah, and that's another thing. Don't try to, what is this? Who wrote this for you? The Wachowski brothers? Don't try to matrix me with this shit. It's not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, this was all over the place. And you guys know I've been a Cody Rose fan before he had his his fucking, uh, his leverage, you know, before he had his drip, if you will. Still in the mask. You know, he was he was punching Big Show in the face with boxing gloves. <laughs> while Big Show was chained to a fucking ring. And I was telling you guys, but he's good, but he's good. You know, the point being that this shit is overdramatic. It's like, it's Anthony a go-go. It's like, we go a little bit more here. Sure, there's anger. There's anger in every pocket, but our empathy outweighs our anger. Let me ask you, Anthony. You didn't come here to live the England dream. Yeah, yeah, his whole point is he's, he, you came here to live the American dream. And that's where the promo basically winds up going. He basically says that for one night, he's going to not be the nightmare, the American nightmare um cody rhodes but he's going to be the american dream cody rhodes much like his father was the american dream dusty rhodes and uh like it's cool wanting to use his dad's nickname for one night but not for a go-go like no and this promo was longer than yugi nagata's match by the way this was like really long yeah for anthony to talk about anthony fucking a go-go but let's move on because i don't want to dwell on this and i want to leave AEW World Tag Team title match. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson with Brandon Cutler, Gallows and Anderson defending their titles up against SCU's Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian with the whole thing being that if these guys lose, as you know, they're done. And I believe the finish was the BTE trigger, right? Yep, BTE trigger for the win. Okay, before we even go into... 
Yeah, and before we even go into that, I'm gonna we'll go over a few spots which uh Nick Jackson super kicks Christopher Daniels, and that's about where he gets color, right? Yeah, that's about where he gets opened up. Okay, which, well, when, let's which, take which, a look. Really, when Daniels bleeds, that motherfucker. Frank Kazarian have never looked better than here tonight, oh. and the celebrity rehab. Matt Jackson. Did you name that? No, no. they named it themselves. That's why they're so killing censored. I, I love it. Celebrity rehab. Need more of those. And they could be thinking the BME here. If they hit this on Nick, this is it. Daniels up, but oh, he saw it coming, man. Matt Jackson anticipated it, sending Daniels the outside. Ooh. The leg drop across the back of the head. Man, what power for Kazarian, who's simply just a phenomenal oh, athlete. Oh, oh, oh. Where's that kick at? Somewhere around here, right? Nick Jackson, the rising knee strike, the Garmin Geary, and then the Bulldog. That's that nasty side of Nick Jackson that's come out recently. Wow, look, look at, at that. that. Man, he just kicked him on the way up. That's a cheap shot. The running punt. Nick Jackson, Kazarian staggered towards center. Driving Frankie Kazarian face first. Arrogance. You're Looking for where the fuck the he gets boxer. color at. So, so there it is. So, so. PK. So it's right around here. Kazarian Driving Frankie Kazarian face first. So right here, he gets a really bad cut. He's bleeding badly. I'm going to show you guys why. We're going to talk about in a little while. Let me turn it down a little. I'm going to talk about in a few minutes why he's bleeding so badly. We have a better shot of it. But Right here is the super kicks. I was off by a minute, so he kicks him there. I don't know if he already had the color or what exactly happened here. But yeah, you see, I recognize that spot. Um, he did that same spot when he faced Adam Cole for the ROH World Title. Yeah, so he gets a lot of color here. Uh, we're gonna get back to that later after we're done covering AEW because Daniels actually shares a couple of pictures. It's a lot worse than you think. Like if you actually go back oh, and you yeah, look. Bad. You know, I like the sequence. I just wanted to show you guys. You know, I like looking at cool sequences. So, crisis of conscience. Oh! But, oh my God. Hey, you might not like them, but they're a hell of a team, and that was great teamwork. That's one of my sure favorite was, moves sure on that buckle bomb. Oh, we could be seeing more bang for your buck. No, he's still fighting. Kazarian. See, I like the way he reversed it from there. Well. Kazarian caught Nick Jackson. The Northern Lights look like both bucks. And they both had to kick out there. That was pretty cool. Made a great adjustment. Made a counter. I've seen him do that. I've seen him do that move before. Yeah, so I also thought that that was cool. Uh, Kazarian makes a statement. Oh, with me, with me, Cabigon, um, who, who knows? Because the, the lady and I usually go into a bit of a hibernation. We have some couple time when we're, when we're done with this. Who knows when the fuck we'll arise? If we arise, it'll, the earliest will be Tuesday night. The latest will be Monday, sometime Monday, to be honest with you. You know, uh, Kazarian, um, does a bit of a nod here. Did you catch this? Obviously you caught this. I don't even have to ask you, but look at this. What oh, a Kazarian break out here. Bringing out a page of the classics. Styles clash, you know. Call you know what I love about mm-hmm. that particular sequence that we've seen some wrestlers do. You mm-hmm. only see maybe a handful of wrestlers do that. Yeah, and it's either it's one of two people, one of two types of people. It's people who were in Fortune slash Immortal or Bullet Club. Well, you always want to make sure that the person that you're doing it with, especially if they haven't taken it in a long time, is someone who's used to taking it. No one's taken more Styles clashes than Christopher Daniels. Oh, not a soul. You know, that was, let's not forget, that's the rivalry of TNA was AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, the best friend slash rivalry, you know, so. 
Uh, once again, AEW making fun of WWE. Uh, they make fun of the Ric Flair retirement. Did you catch that? Yeah, but believe it or not, I actually thought it was something different until you had mentioned that. How the hell would you think that that was anything different? So the only reason I thought of, I thought about that was, of course, they hit Daniels. They hit the I'm sorry, I love you. And they hit the BTE trigger. I almost thought that was a thing regarding being the elite because Daniels has been a, has been um, even though he wasn't there from the very beginning, he's been a part of it for a while. They are 1000 percent. I don't know how you thought that they are 1000 percent doing Sean and Ric Flair right here. I'm going to run on the screen. Oh, yeah. Now they're here. more obvious. He's, he's weak. He's wobbly. He can't see. Super kick avoided. Still tight now. Double underhook. Angels wings attempt here by Daniels. Daniels just couldn't do it. He's lost so much blood. He's very, very weak, obviously. They should stop this. Who are look they? At, Who look are at they? this. This is awful. This is just awful. He's bleeding all over those beautiful shoes. That was rough, too, the way he's bleeding all over his shoes and shit, man. You say sociopath like it's a bad thing. You've called the Bucks that. They've had nothing but success. You can buy new ones, can't you? You got so much money, you... So right here, this is the Sean and Ric Flair thing for sure. Or buy some Clorox and clean them. Matt is not happy. Yeah, I see it more. That's, that's what fucking one hundred percent what they were doing, man. You know, idiots. You know. You know what it was in my head. I instinctively went to a different place. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how you saw that went any fucking anywhere else, man. I was like, oh my god, they're doing the Sean thing. It would have been worse if it would have ended like that. Oh my god, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but that was a uh, that was that. Uh, there was a BME botch at one point, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I think probably know. right after. I could probably just let the the feed run right from there. I didn't watch being the lead actually. I don't watch it regularly. If it comes up on the sheets, I usually grab the clip for you guys. But I watched guys. A lot of guts. You're not kidding, man. A lot of guts. And Daniels, you are nage. So here we go. There's a. Yeah, the fucked up there. Too much blood loss, guys. The best moonsault. But he is shoot hurt, so we'll let it pass. Yeah. He genuinely was like a little loopy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into it after we're done with that. uh. But long story short here, SCU winds up losing at the end of this match. But I want to show you guys something. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Okay, so SCU loses to the BTE trigger. For the BTE trigger! Oh, Daniels! Oh, boy, that caught him. And Recovered. Kazarian coming over the top oh. now! Another piece of history, gentlemen. I'm going to go drink it in. Yeah, please go. Keep on going. No, we didn't this match. And still a... So that happens, right? I'm going to jump a little bit ahead here for good reason. So... Or no more... I'm here. I am thinking naive me. All right. This is that moment where like the two guys are going to be in the ring together. And we're going to give them their due, their respect because the tag team broken up officially. Watch what happens here. And Daniels has lost a ton of blood. They still went. Something's going on back, back in the locker room area. All right. We're going to send a camera back there. Yeah. I thought the same thing. All right. We're getting a camera back there. I understand. Yeah. We got a cameraman running to this incident or whatever the hell it is. All right. 
So hang on here with this. Yeah, hang on here with this while we go get a camera to see whatever the fuck's going on back there. And then they have the nerve to go back there. Bro, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian just broke up for good, and those motherfuckers were just like, something's going on back there. Let's get a camera back there. Do What's the rush in this episode that they weren't given a moment in the fucking ring? What is it we have to get a camera back? I don't even remember what it was. That's half ended I was. Let's see what the fuck they needed the camera for. Oh, right, right. Because John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, they go backstage and they're breaking up the fucking, uh, the elite's dressing room, right? Yeah. They went in there and just fucked everything up. Come on, dude. Christopher Daniels and Kazarian just broke up. Do we have time amongst these two hours to just give them a moment in the fucking ring? They glossed over that like if nothing happened. What is the rush with this fucking company? That tag team has been everywhere before this company even existed. You owe them a little bit more respect and to be like, oh, well, let's move on and see what the hell. We don't even know what's going on back there. And that's what made it even worse. It would have been better if there would have been something that seemed urgent, but it seemed more like they were like, that's the equivalent to channel surfing or flipping through your phone, you know, when someone's talking to you, where it's just like, well, I'm just not interested in what this is. So I'm just looking for anything else but this because you don't know what's going on back there. What should take priority is the fact that a team split up you know and yeah i get that he was cut open but there needed to be a moment for that and then to make matters worse they do it later on later on in the program they show it and during the commercial break they come back from commercial and they're like this is what happened when we were away from ring and they show an instant replay of the two of them hugging and saying their goodbyes i think that they deserve more than a this is what happened during the fucking break for a split up Otherwise, why not have the split up? If you're going to split up a team, especially a known team, that, by the way, during that match, all you heard the fans chanting was SCU. If you're going to do it, you may as well milk it, right? Yeah, That's the whole, that's one of the things. It's wrestling. It's drama. It's At the end of the day, it's a male soap opera. I hate to say it, but it's drama. You're going to split up best friends. You may as well fucking milk it. Get the most out of it. You're not going to have them as a team anymore after this. They're face to face. Now's your fucking chance to do something with it. Make it a dramatic moment in history. But no, we got to go to them fucking up a dressing room that nobody's in because nobody in there could afford to replace all that shit. But this is how they do Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. No, that wasn't that wasn't meant to be that way. I'm sorry. The Fight TV, that's nothing. The Fight TV does a lot. Let's take a look at what happened uh, during the break. We saw Kazarian and Daniels hug come together what is next for these now here's my issue here this is the fight tv feed anyone who doesn't watch it live you can get the five year fight tv you get the two-hour version that's uncut no commercials a lot of the time it'll just be the AEW logo with their music just looping or it'll be a black screen like what you guys saw sometimes it'll do you guys have seen on here when we've played things where it's them at ringside or you see more of the match without the picture in picture which is cool but why why the fuck was the camera just blacked for that whole commercial break and then they came back and said this is what happened during the break you guys have fight tv and control of the cameras you could have done that segment for the fight tv and come back from it i just don't get it man i don't understand how the fuck this is produced or or what what sense anything that they're doing makes time as tag team partners after years of success and traveling the world together this is how it ends so that that sucks that really sucks Anyone wants to see that clip, I'll, I'll share with you on social media right now because Lord knows you'll give it more attention than they gave it on the actual fucking show. Now, what really sucked coming out of this was how busted up Daniels truly was. We'll get, like I said, we're going to get to that at the end just because I want to make sure to cover everything in the weeklies. We'll go into the aftermath oh, of this. End. Okay, I got you. Yes, yes, the very, very end. Because uh, Arian tweets out and he says, uh, 
a brother not born of blood can still be a brother in every other way. It's been my absolute pleasure to wrestle along, um, absolute pleasure to wrestle alongside uh, Daniels the last decade. Words cannot express the love and respect I have for that warrior. Our accomplishments speak for themselves. Now, recompense, recompense, whatever. So, I've seen every single match of theirs, and I think that uh, they needed more than that in this, in this little ridiculous company, which is what it's really become at this point. Just a little bit too much rush, rushing. Um, are we on the main? We're not even on. The, are we on the main event? Yeah, we're on the main event. Thank God. So finally, we get to the Orange Cassidy uh, Pac match, World right? Title Eliminator. Well, Orange Cassidy Pac World Title Eliminator. Um, and in this match, essentially, what winds up happening here? Uh, it becomes well, a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go this ahead. Match, um, the finish wound up being rushed, even though it was actually supposed to go to a. That was supposed to go to a 20-minute time limit draw. But basically, what wound up happening was Pac delivered a huge Liger bomb onto Cassidy. And Cassidy basically got knocked completely unconscious. Yeah. Now, I went back and looked. In my opinion, it's arguable that it was the Liger bomb, and I feel like it was the super kick. I'm going to see if I can find it. That's what you guys see me looking for on the screen here. Let me see if I can find the exact spot. He's not intimidated by the bastard. He takes a nasty fucking super kick. He's getting under his skin more. There ain't that much selling in the world. He's going to be under his feet. Have you seen a Ziggler match? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think that the power bomb looked bad because of the fact that he was already rocked. But watch the super oh, kick first. Big time Look at his head. Watch it right here. And ate some turnbuckle. Great explosion there from Orange Cassidy. We're getting close to it. Now the Casador rolls through Victor. Oh, he's got the legs crossed. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Nice pinning situation there created by Orange Cassidy. Cassidy sent into the room. You saw he got hit there? Mm, yeah. Be under his feet Ooh. if he's not careful here in a moment. Oh, oh, oh nice oh, counter. It might not have been that because I hear a lot of people say it's the power bomb. But again, I'm just saying that super kick. Watch the super kick here. Explosion there for Orange Cassidy. Now the Casador rolls through. Victor, oh, he's got the legs crossed. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Nice pinning situation there created by Orange Cassidy. Cassidy sent into the room. It might not have been. It's really fast, so it's hard to tell. I'm going to share that with you guys on social media. Uh, so I'm thinking if it wasn't the if the super kick didn't completely put him out, if anything, the super kick maybe maybe stunned him and the power bomb put him completely away. Well, it's the next spot, so let's let's take a look here because he could be right as well. See, he's having trouble pulling him off the mat. That's the reason I'm thinking it's the super kick. And then look at that. He seems heavy there, man. You see what I mean? Like, that bomb was like that because he was already rocked, it felt like. I don't know what happened, but that he yeah, seemed I'm like he had trouble picking him up off the floor. Him. And then the power bomb was just a finish and touch it and put it completely out. Mm-hmm. So it might have been a combination of both moves. Yeah, pretty much. So, of course, at the end of this, you have Don Callis and Kenny Omega who wind up ambushing Pac. This was actually audible. This was this was meant to happen. Everything was going to happen the same way, and it was still going to lead to it being a three-way match. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And this, yeah. and this promo and everything else was still going to happen. But the part where where Cassidy was knocked out, that was the difference. How can you sneak up on anybody wearing that suit? So the problem with this, and Melsa pointed this out, is that. Pockets knocked out, Cassidy's knocked out, and it's essentially a double knockout. And it's the first time in AEW history that the finish was happening because they always vowed that they would never do that. 
but this was circumstantial. So for the first time, they had to break a thing that they said would never happen. You had a double freaking count out here, a double knockout. Uh, according to PW Insider, they were saying that uh, I guess Cassidy was socializing with a number of talent during the taping. Uh, and uh, all of that was supposed to happen. Omega was still supposed to come out and say he had no opponent after a time limit draw. You're right about that. But the rest of the promo was supposed to happen. They were going to set up a triple threat match. Uh, we don't know if he's concussed or what the hell's going on with this guy. But that that did look really bad. So we're going to yeah, see what's so going to happen. So far, there. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, well, I definitely wish him the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get a funny Adam Page promo. I really like this. I want you guys to hear this here. <laughs> this made me laugh. Why don't you meet me, just me, one-on-one in the ring, and earn it. Earn your spot. And for me, if I lose, that's fine. I, I can accept it. And for you, it's double or nothing. Wait, wait, that's, that's the name of the pay-per-view. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, did you do that on purpose, Adam? That was so smart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, that made the promo for me. <laughs> oh my god, wait a minute, that's a different favorite. Oh my god. Oh man. And then this brings us to the pinnacle who are having a party. There's a lot to talk about here. They come out with women and a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're gonna skip past that. Uh we're gonna get to this. On everybody else! Everybody else! So someone's honking a horn. What's that? Whoa. What's that noise? Who's honking? Who's? Are you kidding me? This is about us tonight. If you listen closely, Kenny Omega is panicking. I will kill that man. I don't care how many arrows they feather me with, how many spears they run through me. I will kill that horn-blowing cunt before I fall. Yeah, but- I can't believe you worked that in there. <laughs> It's like they're a combination of DX and Stone Cold and a whole bunch. They come, they're showing up the way DX would in that vehicle and that in that uh, inner circle buggy. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Hey! Listen to me! I already told. So they they're not gonna get a rematch here, right? But at the same time, and I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit on this one. It was obvious what they were gonna do. And I felt kind of bad about this because they became so predictable that I was taking notes, right? And I just took the notes ahead of the segment <laughs> because it's like that's how predictable that they're getting. Um, like I had already typed down that they were going to pull the lever and spray them with a little bit of the bubbly, being that the thing said a little bit of the bubbly at this. It was obvious they were going to hose them down. And um, I could tell just by the vehicle that the hose pressure was not going to be as intense as when they do it in WWE with milk or with beer, where it literally looks like that shit will blast you. So I was I already had written down that the pressure just simply wasn't as intense based on the past experience of the last two things they did not being intense and looking at the fucking hose. So I had already written my notes for this so that I could just sit back and enjoy the ride, knowing exactly how it was going to go. And that's the God's honest truth of how I handled this. That being said, it went just how I said. They did the fucking holes thing. And uh, so just let me get it's this. weird how the, the pinnacle's not supposed to know. And also, there's another thing. I got to go back a little bit. Jericho was clearly hiding in the back of the thing. But it was like obvious before they even got to that point. Like they're revealing that Jericho's there, but you could see him moving around in the back. 
you know, like throughout the entire thing. So something as simple as right. staying down, staying unconscious. Like, why is Jericho breaking kayfabe with these silly things? When you fall off of a high thing, stay unconscious. And by the way, that uh, that shit he has on his arm, he really did. I think he fractured or oh, dislocated yeah, yeah. his elbow on that bump. And that's yeah, because it... Here dislocated. And it's because it was cardboard. Cardboard's not going to break your fall. Otherwise, the fucking firemen would just use cardboard. They'd be like, quick, jump on this fire with this cardboard when you have to jump out of a burning building. But you can see Jericho back there wiggling around. It's 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 strange, man. And then he comes out and he's holding these guys trying to get the bare minimum here yeah, just because I want to go home. Yeah, so there's the holding. MJF, the inner circle again now have the upper hand, it would seem to me. <laughs> it's more like a shower, you know? Yeah. Like a, like a gentle shower. So they did that. Um, I don't know. You get a Britt Baker interview. Um, you get Thunder Rosa against Jasmine Allure with the finish being shoulder breaker into the fire Thunder driver. And it was such a short match. Once again, it's a wasted match with a jobber. This was barely two minutes. Another example of this company being in such a rush. You know, like why the fuck is Thunder Rosa writing a jobber in a two minute match? Once again, we're not getting anything out of this. Um we get a tour of Darby Allen's hometown where there's apparently Halloween skeletons all year long because they're showing us skulls and shit. And he's like, this is where I grow up. I'm like, does everybody in this town just act the same way? I don't know. Uh, thank God we're at the fucking uh, AEW TNT title match main event. Darby Allen being accompanied by Sting defending his championship against Miro. And uh, the finish being Miro winds up choking out Darby. Yep, with the game over. Yeah, now as far as the match goes, uh, there was some stuff in here. There was definitely some interesting stuff. Let me see if I could... uh, Nasty backdrop on the outside by Miro. Do I get it here? Let me see if I could pull this up. Bell has not George, if he was crashed, he need to do that. Yeah, look at this. And- oh, my yeah. God! See, that's crazy. This guy, this guy takes bumps. It's like, what, what are they doing with that, that kid, man? Um, yeah, it's the same thing I say every week. They know he's not going to get hurt. They know you damn near can't hurt him. So at this point, until Darby actually gets hurt, nobody's stopping. He gets driven into the barricade here. Across the face, Turner. He's pinching. He's pinching the nose of yeah, Miro. Yeah, restrict the, That's right. The breathing. Absolutely, that's what that, he's doing. That's an old timer's uh, technique. It, it sure is. Oh, that's brutal, man. This this guy takes some damage. There's one thing Darby Allen has been known for his whole career is the unholy levels of punishment you can put on that kid, and he'll still get back up. Yeah, and I haven't been a, f- a fan of comebacks in recent time, but I will say that Darby has really cool comebacks. You know, like those actually, those Hulk-ups, as you would call them back in the day. Like, his shit looks really cool. Like, check that out. No back down in Sting. No back down in Darby Allen. There you go. Swing for the fences, kid. Darby sent to the corner, but Miro... Walking to the boots and then get him down, get him down. Miro dropped to one knee. Darby comes around, comes over that top of stunner. Miro on roller skates here. He's got it. Inside cradle. cradle. The inside cradle. Got a near fall for the champion whose title is on the line. Darby, another stunner. This time Miro leaves. See, that was really cool stuff there, you know. I always love how he's transitioned into that starter because it's always very, very smooth. Mm-hmm. So uh, essentially what winds up happening is Scorpio and, and, and his white jobber friend. What was that guy's name again? Ethan Page. Ethan Page. They wind up attacking Sting after the match is over. I don't know where this fucking storyline came from. 
You don't want to pick on an old guy again. Go. You were right, yes. Eight, no winner of this him. match. And new TNT champion, Miro. Oh, look here. Look at Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They're attacking a hobbled sting. They're attacking the one-legged man. Here oh, comes a dark, dark order. order. Dark Order. Clearing out Sky and Page. But right now, inside the ring. Through those eyes of Darby Allen. And I said Miro basically. Eyes tell an amazing story, folks. That's pretty much how we lose Darby Allen's championship run. Yeah, but what a run it was. Friggin' not only believe it was like nine championship defenses, but Miro broke a 16 match win streak, which I believe is one of the longest ones that AEW's had. And I wouldn't have broken it. I think Darby was one of the good, most interesting things they had going for them right now. His relationship with Sting having the title. They gave it to someone who they took all the momentum away from. It's not like Miro's been on a good run and now he's getting a title. No, they fucked him up. They gave all the momentum away. He's been losing. He's been jobbing. He turned on his partner. Now he has a title. That's not the way you book a rise, but whatever. Here's the thing, though. The way they did it is the only realistic way you can get a championship off of Darby and with, with what happened uh, last week because remember Darby came to this match with a bad shoulder. AEW but don't get it off of him says, you know what I mean? It's not the time to out, get it off out. of him okay? Hear me out though AEW's history says at 100% damn near nobody in that locker room beats him. The only way this works out is if you have a situation where of course you have Miro's just coming off of pretty much kind of a shit run right now. But that's everybody the whole thing. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be looking for a way to fight him has been mm-hmm. fighting 100% Darby Allen. What happens if Darby's at 100%? Okay, that's fine. But then we, should, we shouldn't be looking for that right now. And if we're going to do something like that, don't do it with Miro, who's not on, who has no momentum right now. Have him fight someone without 100% that's been on a run. Not someone who's been literally criticized has had a worse run than in WWE, and now you're trying to use the title to uh, supplement it. Because what basically happened here, uh, and Heyman talked about this in the RVD thing, and a few other people spoke about this. There's two kinds of people. You either either the superstar brings credibility to the title or the title brings credibility to the superstar. I think everyone's in an awkward spot now because Darby, more than even Cody, gave credibility to that TNT championship over the past few months. Darby's a case of someone who doesn't need a title but gave credibility and value to a title. And now they took that credibility and value and they gave it to someone else who basically needs credibility. But it's just not good that that person got it that way. Like Miro's not in a place where he deserves the title that he got. And they're using it more like as a tool to elevate him. And that's not going to work because it just came off of a fighting champion. Uh, And I I think that was a poor idea. Maybe it'll go somewhere good. But I think that the Darby thing was a little bit too early, especially when he's the only person. I think that even people who don't watch AEW regularly would know who Darby Allen is, probably even more so than Miro. You know, and his association with Sting uh, definitely helps that. So I just kind of feel like, yeah, if they want to do it, they could do what they want. But they killed one of the hottest acts around, not having anything else to go for it. And sure, the chase could be just as interesting. We'll have to see uh, exactly what the hell happens with that. When I became TNT champion, I told everybody it was the only championship that meant anything to me. And I mean that 100%. People ask me, when are you going to win the big one? When are you going to win the AEW Heavyweight Championship? I looked them dead in the eye and said, I don't need that shit. I need the TNT Championship. I don't need to collect any other belts from anywhere else in this world. I need the TNT 
championship. And I guarantee you, every single one of you here, this is not the last time I am TNT champion. Thank you for all the support. It means the world to me. What were you going to say? I was going to say it could, well, that actually opened up option too. I was going to say it could be Darby finally leveling up and getting to that world championship or what he just alluded to there. Maybe Darby heals that shoulder up, comes back and gets his belt back. Cause I mean, after something like that, him and Miro aren't just going just once. Yeah. Well, we'll have Darby's a few days been to... known to run back a few times with different guys. So yeah, it might wanna... be a case of Darby disappears for a little, little bit. Miro starts this little championship run and then it comes back where, okay, now you're going to see if you can beat me at a hundred percent. Yeah. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Uh, AEW brought in 936,000 views, 0.31 in the 18 to 49 demographic. They are also down because the week before they had 1.9 million for that blood and gut special with a 0.42 in the 18 to 39 demographic. Their demographic significantly down, we think from 42 to 31. Their viewers from one, from over 1 million to 936. It's not as down as NXT, but there was a bit of a drop there. Right. Um, so when um, I alluded to what I was thinking, what was going on before. You mentioned during NXT about the fact that basically at this point, you did, virtually you watch anything but Raw, you're relatively enjoying it, right? Right. I think, what now this is just a theory. This is just me spitballing, but I feel like what happened with NXT might be a tad bit of confirmation of it. I think, unfortunately, for the Tuesday and Wednesday spot, they're suffering from how shitty Raw is. Because there should be, yeah, people are suffering from, yeah, they're suffering from WWE yeah. fatigue. That's exactly what's happening. And you know what's the scary yeah. part? WWE must be aware of how bad those ratings are because for the first time ever tonight on Raw, they were advertising NXT. They were like, "Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for Gargano." Yeah, that's going to be that, great. They, they're in they're in red alert mode now because because now it is is mm-hmm. like you watch Raw, and we've talked about it before we do the same thing. Probably not until like Thursday or Friday. You don't watch anything. Yeah. And unfortunately, because NXT is on Tuesday, they're catching it the worst. And, and they're losing. Some people will come back for AEW Wednesday. But then by the time Friday rolls around, everybody's back around. And they're losing the Tuesday night wars to themselves. You know, right. but here, here's the question that I've, I've been meaning to ask. I forgot this for a few weeks now. But when we're looking at the ratings and everything, we're in a different world. 2021, especially, is a drastically different world from anything that we've known before. When we're looking at these ratings and these 18 to 49 demographics, are we factoring in the other demographics? Are we factoring in the fact that the 18 to 39 demographic are people who use the internet, people who have Hulu, people who are using Fight TV? The point that I'm making is, how much are the ratings factoring in people like myself that catch AEW later on in the week to watch the Fight TV version uh, that you get the longer extended matches? Um, how many uh, are, do the, does the Fight TV numbers count for them? You know, I mean, does that count into the ratings? What about NXT, the fact that they're available on Hulu uh, the next day or the following night or whatever? Do, do they catch the Hulu Plus people? Or what about Peacock, the fact that people are there catching it the following night? I'm wondering yeah, how much, much of these ratings are also being quantified because you, there's a lot of other ways people watch things. And it's not the most popular way to watch things live for everyone. A lot of people catch things on their phones and on demand when they can. And sports is probably the last sports. Yeah, it's definitely the last thing that people look for live. But even that, people don't mind catching replays. And Raw and SmackDown still have the big fight feel that NXT and AEW don't. 
We don't have time to uh, play it tonight, but Eric Bischoff talked a little bit about how it's because uh, AEW has too much of an indie feel to it. I'm not sure if that's the same with NXT. But the point being, people may not be as compelled to watch those shows live, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. And if the only thing that they're looking at is the 18 to 49 demographic, then that's a big mistake. And sure, that's all that matters specifically for the USA Network for NBC, for TNT or whatever. But you got to remember that Hulu Plus and Heacock have advertising too. They have commercials as well. And you got to think about what the numbers are on demand of people that are catching these shows. Exactly. We could be looking at a completely different number. And I feel like that's the problem with a lot of shows. A lot of things that you hear about the numbers, oh, people aren't watching. No, people may not be watching it live anymore. You know, one of the main reasons why people watch things live sometimes is out of force because they want to be a part of social media. They don't want shit to be spoiled. Once Walking Dead started losing momentum and it fizzled down a little bit, there's a lot more people that might have started watching it on AMC um, premium or whatever. And, and it's also the fact that a lot of these channels that you're watching this content are while you're watching it are offering you in their advertisements alternative ways to watch the thing you're watching. They're pulling you away from the television show on the channel you're watching. So, again, I don't know how accurate, and I've always felt like the Nielsen rating system has a bit of a flaw to it. It's been disputed before um, that there needs to be a new way to do this. And I don't know how much of an adjustment there's been over the years, but I just don't think it's the best way. You know, even Matt Hardy, which another thing we don't have time to go into today, he talked about how he can't believe how people can't clearly see how lucrative and successful wrestling is right now and how different media is and the fact that there's so many different things going on in different ways people take in content. So, you know, there's an argument there. I just wanted to keep that in mind. We go over the reading ratings because it's a thing, but, and it does factor into the channel specifically that they're going to be on. But just remember that there's other stuff too. There's, there's shows, for example, that were not popular when they were on television, but became popular coming out on DVD. You know, and same thing with movies. You find out that something's a success. It, it was, it was, it gets discovered later on. It's happened with many things. So that's just the point that I'm making. Yeah. Uh, good point to make though. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That being said, we got to jump over to SmackDown now. Uh, we're just going to do bullet points of oh, SmackDown did, well, and we, Raw. Yeah, well, yeah, we did only did most of SmackDown. Yeah, because we did, well, we did the parts of SmackDown that pertain to it. Uh, the big things that happen, unfortunately, Nia and Shayna have a match against uh, Natalia and Tamina. And they win, as you guys know who's watched Raw, they win this, the, the, the Women's Tag Team Championship. My problem with this is that that pay-per-view could have used that match that they had on Sunday, considering that it basically made no change. No titles change hands. They, were, they gave the impression that you have no reason to need to watch their old stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? They, they do that, and it's pissing me off with Raw and SmackDown. If you're going to have a title change, don't do it right before the pay-per-view. Do it on the pay-per-view. Save the title where nothing... Like, like do like some do one of Sheamus' little shitty open challenges. On a, on a regular Raw or SmackDown, not the pay-per-view. Yeah, sorry, guys. I forgot to turn the chat room up on the screen. It's back up now. My bad. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the whole thing. That was a match that you would have, if someone would have been like, did anything change, you'd be like, well, the girls won. And that would have been a surprise, too. That would have been an upset. We'd have been like, oh, shit, I didn't expect something like that to happen, but maybe it will. Which you know, but I don't. I think it might have even been Natalia that posted the picture after their win. It's kind of cool. This is not the first time that these two families have had tag champions together because uh i think now you believe she posted a picture of owen and yokozuna when they won the tag titles that's so right that's owen a cool and yokozuna. piece of history there like, yeah you're right yoko and i mean yoko, they owen. Tamina, damn near over a decade in and the girl finally got herself a championship Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, yeah and i kind of like that they let her get the pin because i feel like she needed that moment more than daddy oh yeah she definitely did 
you know. She's improved though. I, I am very proud proud of her. That girl has improved. Yeah, for sure. And uh I'm gonna share it in the chat room for you guys in a minute, so just bear with me here. Actually let's look at the finish because they this is more than what they are. Yeah, it was a it was a dope finish. Just bear with me, guys. I'm so sorry. But we're live, folks, and there's a lot of fucking buttons to this. Right. You guys know how this works. Yeah, you already know. Right. You know what it is. Alpha. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, here we go. Finish coming up here. Top, this is high risk, Michael Cole. Shots to the lower back, and now the mid-back of Nia Jax. Headbutts now by Tamina. Trying to drop Nia off the second rope. Nia down. Down to one knee. Baszler tries to get involved, and Natalia now back into the fray. Great teamwork here. Oh, my goodness. German suplexed to Baszler. And now Natalia trying to help her tag team partner. Naya with a headbutt here. And a body slam here. A Samoan drop here. And Natalia meanwhile the drive. Superfly splash by Tamina. Cover it's over. Tamina and Natalia. That's how they go over. He thought it was sloppy. Of course he did, because it's Naya. I don't know if but, it was sloppy. Yeah, and funny thing is, you mentioned earlier, like, what does she do better, hurting people? Think that, when's the last time Naya hurt somebody? Or Tamina. I mean, right? yeah, I mean, Tamina or Naya haven't really been hurting anybody. Exactly. Happens every you once know. in a while, but no. I mean, they, give they the don't... girl a title. Good Lord, man. Right. Oh, give her God, a freaking yeah, title. Girl, she, she worked long and hard for that. Anybody, anybody that had a dream and they felt like their dream had passed them by. It is never too late to keep fighting for your dreams. And I am so proud of Tamina. Proud of Natty. She believed in me. Thank you, WWE Universe. Thank you to our family. This is why we do this. Thank you. We love you. Incredible moment here on Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, that, that's a more job. You want me to put that on the screen, George? I know which one you're talking about, too. There was a bit of an issue. You, you did remind me, I'm pretty sure. Something that bad. I would have timestamps on the program. Um, <laughs> right. Let me see here. And they got Pyro. I'm going back into the SmackDown <laughs> program. Bear with Stasis me. Now she's the head of the grill. I'm so tired. No, that's what I told Stasis earlier. I was like, well, oh, if, 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 if Roman if Roman loses, I said technically, um, Tamina will be the head of the table. Is what I said. But yeah, she is the head of the grill at the barbecues now. Motherfucker said, get out the raw fish half and half with mayo, and don't forget the chicken wings. You so must have been there before. So this is the Samoan <laughs> drop drop that George is talking about. And look at now, Nia and Tamina fighting outside the ring. And Nia Jax. Good lord. Gotta be careful with those, man. Gotta be really careful. Ever seen somebody do a Samoa drop in like into the side of a wall like that? That was. Yeah, well, these girls are very physical. You're in there with the most physical. Also, this German suplex was pretty brutal. Look at Natalia's German. Down Down to one knee. Baszler tries to get involved, and Natalia now back into the fray. Great teamwork here. Oh goodness, German suplex the- Sure, you know that's how that Samoan drop that particular Samoan job was supposed to look, right? Yeah, they just wanted she, it to be had to angle it like that to get her into the barricade. <laughs> but I mean, 
hey, if I was ever going to trust somebody to do something like that to me, it would be a sibling. So, mm-hmm. so uh, they also had her afterwards with Tamina and Natalia afterwards when they were getting their plates installed and stuff. There was actually some what of an oh, interview yeah. there. Tamina had a really emotional moment. Yes, let me bring that up here. I think a lot of people take it for granted on what it, it's like to hold a championship title or to sit there and actually say that you are a champion. And now I can actually say I'm a champion. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Good for her, man. He deserves it. Yeah, that girl's work. Say what you want about her wrestling. That girl's work her ass off for over a decade to get those fucking plates. Man, I'm so proud of you. She should be proud and her family should be proud of her. Awesome. And that's your name. I mean, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, especially when with the with the family that she comes from, the fact that she has a a title in WWE, it's a big fucking deal, man. Uh, I don't know. Man, and she has it, and like she just has it with some with nobody. She has it with Natalia Nightheart. This is a huge deal. Just never. But it should have been on that backlash. You know, just keep on Definitely. going forward and look at what happens. You get to achieve something that you. It would have made that moment so much bigger. I couldn't have done it without her, man. This is crazy. So grateful. I'm so happy. The Rock's daughter said that she. That I that uh, I don't even know how Tamina to FaceTimed her holding the title, and it's the most excited she's ever seen her. It's like a baby. Shoot, I don't fucking believe it. Addy, I'm holding. Like that? How's that look? Is that pretty? Yeah, that's really cool, man. I'm really happy for her. That is great. So Meltzer's quoted as saying that Tamina's push came from the fans chanting her name uh, at WrestleMania on the two nights when they actually had the fans there. And he said that uh, it was w- one of the reasons why uh, that they decided to basically do it, that the crowd got behind them and the decision was made. So they made this a while ago. This has been in the works ever since WrestleMania. They realized they were going to push her because the fans got behind her, which is an indication that they still do listen to fans in some instances. Even the fans knew that girl had long deserved, had long earned that. So good for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she 100% did. You know, there was somebody who puts in the, the years and the hours and everything that she does. You can't, because she hurt somebody 12 fucking years ago or whatever, can't hold right. it against her, you know? That girl, that girl has long earned that. She yeah. put in her work, she busted her ass. Like, it's time to reward for her for, her for what she's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what were the other things that happened? There was, there was... Freaking Nakamura had a match with Corbin, and at the end of it, he stole his crown. Did you catch that? Yeah. Is he King, is he King Nakamura now? Like, how long has I Corbin? Like when was the last was, King of the Ring? The last King of the Ring was years ago. That was Corbin. Yeah, Corbin's the last King of the Ring. It usually used to be that the King of the Ring was a yearly pay-per-view. Where it's not even a pay-per-view. It's just a tournament to put on the show. But it would be you'd be king until the next King of the Ring at most if the gimmick worked. It's, they don't even do it every year. Now. Been years, but yeah, look, at Nakamura can't carry the weight of the throne. You know, the weight of the crown. He's trying to put it on his head and shit. This was just nuts afterwards. And he loses the match. That's the weird thing. He loses clean, but then he's going to wear the crown. It's like the the king kicked your ass, though, man. That's not a good way to go about this. You know? Crown looks good on him, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't think a crown looks good on anyone. No, if you're going to give him that crown, give him that crown. He's wearing New Japan. That fucking big motherfucker. He's the whip out during Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, something like that. And uh, the other weird thing you get. You get the Commander Aziz ceremony, right? Where we honor Commander Aziz's heroism. Oh, 
Corona. Good God. That breaks up into a fight, too, because Biggie brings it via satellite, then Zane shows up. But Biggie's actually there, and he shows up from behind. And uh, now Sami Zayn avoided all the chaos from earlier outside the ring. Zayn looking for the Haluva kick, but he runs out. Zayn gets fucked up with the stunner there. Biggie back up. And Biggie gets the big ending on Kevin Owens. And then when he goes to get the big ending on Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz carries him away look at look at him carrying him away thanks to commander of these <laughs> like so i was thinking you know you know what would be great so right smackdown right friday dun, 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 dun. commander aziz once again has helped <laughs> me and this is another medal <laughs> this one <laughs> He Yo, gets, every he, week he gets another medal when he's saving he saving him. He keeps saving his ass, right? Holy shit. He was there to save him as a hero, and now he's going to save him again. Give it like a month. That motherfucker's going to have so many neck issues from all the goddamn medals. Yeah. Oh, we have gold. And that's pr- pretty much everything that we didn't talk about on SmackDown because it didn't pertain to Backlash, but a lot of it should have if they wanted to put together a really good pay-per-view. Uh, that being said, SmackDown did 1.800 million, 800, 100, 1.80 million viewers, 0. 0.4 in the 18 to 49 demographics. So they're also free falling right now. Last week, they had 2.157 million viewers with a 0. 0.6. Still not great in the demographic because it's a Friday night. 18 to 49 is probably at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Not going to be there. Wrong demographic. That brings us to Raw, last stop on this long-ass episode, which last week's Raw did uh, 1.817 million viewers. Uh, 0.53 in the 18 to 49 demographic. There's still money, man. Whether you like it or not, that's still raw. And good luck touching those numbers with anything. Have you ever week before, some people just hate watch raw? I started thinking about that this morning. There are people who hate watch us. Yeah. There's people who hate watch everything. You know, so Cause I'm yeah. starting to because I start wondering some days how many of those viewers are just people just hate watch. Honestly, man, it's because it's raw. You know what I mean? Monday Night Raw, it's a staple. It's just one of those things. It's like The Simpsons. It's like Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's like it's raw. There's no other way to put it. It's an unexplainable thing. And like, especially for people like me where I've watched my entire life, it almost feels like there's something strange about at an 8 p.m. not watching raw. You know? So. I feel it. So Bobby Lashley and MVP show up with a bunch of uh, young women. To celebrate with. You wanted to say bitches, didn't you? You know, they were even politically correct. They made sure that they didn't just have a bunch of white girls out there, you know? Because <laughs> it wouldn't really make sense if it's a party for Lashley and MVP. And they and, and, and honestly, the other the other ones that they had out there, they didn't skimp on them either. You know what I mean? They made sure that you had a, you know, they gave you, they, they had, they, they were Tyler Perry tiered women out there, that level, the hot ones, you know, the really, really suck ones. Tyler Perry <laughs> The, like you know, the ones that he would he would cast. No, there were no Shaniquas or anything like that. So I thought no, that was really, yeah, nothing like that. No Shanaynays. No Shanaynay. I was about to say that. No, <laughs> no Shanaynays or nothing. So I think they did really good job with down. that. No um, Yeah, I can't wait to see how many of these girls turn out to have OnlyFans. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just want to check them out. You know. Anyway, um, Lashley goes to hit Drew. Could Lashley have telegraphed? that right hand that drew anymore like he cocked it all the way back like popeye the sailor man would do like <laughs> anyone's gonna dodge that you know it doesn't make any sense uh 
Alexa Bliss tries to scare the shit out of Natty and Tamina. They're coming there to be interviewed as the new tag team. She tries to scare the shit out of them. And I don't know what is her funhouse, her playground, and her playhouse. Tamina had the exact same look that whole segment. But you know what the thing is? Natty is a heart. So she's seen weirder shit. So she's completely desensitized. So she just sat on the fucking haunted swing and was just answering questions like, yeah, I'm really happy to be the tag team champion. Tamina's looking around like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? And she's like, really, really happy, Alexa. She asked her about her favorite color. Yeah. And even that, it wasn't too weird. Like, like I said, Natty's seen some shit in her time. So she sat on that haunted swing. Probably not the first haunted swing she sat on. You know, it was like she was like business as usual. It's like, what in the fresh hell is this? And she's like, can we get out of here? You know, and then she offended her. Oh, oh but don't you know what happened to black folk in all these movies? Get us the fuck out of here. Maybe, maybe Alexa Bliss wants to rekindle her old friendship with Nia Jax. Take her away from Shayna Bates. I don't know, man. Who knows? Uh, Andrew Garza has a match against Drew Gulak. Wing, wing clipper, rose in the mouth finish. Yeah, eat this Killed rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who got like more offense? Orton has his match against uh, Kofi, I believe, and it's kind of funny because his entrance with Riddle, the way Riddle scoots down next to him happily and everything, is just priceless. But uh, the finish to this is Woods <laughs> essentially... The, so slow, too. Yeah. Woods essentially it distracts Orton with Francesca, and this causes Kofi to go over, which pisses off Orton. I was worried he was going to RKO Riddle, but he didn't. He got an RKO distance, but he just kind of left. He must be really fond of him. Um, yeah. Tamina and Natalya retained the tag titles. Um, in the rematch against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, thanks to Alexa Bliss, who she uses fire from the side, and she tries to remember when Undertaker got the fire yeah, to yeah, the face. Reginald she pretty much does that. Start, Reginald was standing on the about halfway up the ring steps, and then just poof. Yeah, he needed to get a little closer for that gimmick to work, but whatever. They were trying to trying to be super cautious or whatever. Nia really did good at selling the shock, even though you shouldn't really be shocked. Nothing. That was the least mystical thing that Bliss has ever done. She just made the pyro from the side of the turnbuckle go off. Other people have done that too. You know, we've seen her do. Yeah, we've seen shit, really crazy shit with her. That's what scares you. You've been around this whole time and that's what does it. But anyway, uh, Ricochet has a match against Sheamus for the hell of it. Nice Spanish fly, but Ricochet winds up landing on Sheamus's leg. Hopefully not shoot injured there. Sheamus does go over. Yeah, Sheamus seems to be moving better a little while uh, near the end of the match. So I don't think he's, you think he's okay. Yeah, I'd like to think he's okay myself. Yeah, he hit him with a bro kick, so. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oscar has a match against Charlotte. This is I don't know just what just what for. Um, look, I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. I don't even remember what happened in the Charlotte Oscar match, and that's their fault, not mine. I'll explain what happened. The camera kept turning on and off and jerking around. That was not Kevin Dunn. Charlotte, if you look back at this match, was having multiple wardrobe malfunctions where her top was unable to stay on, resulting in many a time the top coming completely the fuck down so the only thing that they could think of to do was to just turn off the camera so there are times that you see the usa logo on the bottom of the screen and the screen's just black or it's just an awkward thing or the shot staying on oscar who's dazed for an uncomfortably long amount of time on the top turnbuckle these things were happening on because charlotte's tits kept popping out so I don't remember who finished the match. I was too busy thinking about Charlotte's tits. I mean, I was too busy being disoriented by the uh, <laughs> by the camera angles and the and the blackouts and stuff. But I'm sure that uh, yeah, um, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I do remember the finish. Um, Charlotte went for the figure eight, and Oscar rolled her up into a cradle. Yeah, good thing a tits didn't pop out during that, right? Uh, that doing some shit, right? So freaking tits. Yeah, she was having some issues, man. Serious issues. Uh anyway, Priest had a match against uh. Damian Priest had a match against Morrison. 
Another lumberjack, lumberjack match. No Another lumberjack match. It's probably a match we should have had. Uh, what was the explanation for the Miz? Because the Miz put up a picture of him as a zombie, saying "I'm fine," and uh, Morrison said that what they, they said something about the zombies having brushed their teeth and all, so he didn't get bit. Is that what he's saying? Yes. Yeah, I don't bullshit like that. This is that's almost a worse solution than when Val Venus got kept, captured by Kai and Tai, so that they could choppy choppy his PP, and just when they bring the sword down, the lights go out and Raw goes off. So everybody thought that Val Venus, that the show ended with Val Venus getting his dick cut off by the Asian guys. And then the next week in his opening promo, he talks about thanks to um a cold chopping block, he was able to get out of there, essentially saying that his dick on there made shrinkage and they missed with the swipe, which was where that story was going for who people who didn't go. Well, we get the story. This is almost worse than that. So, uh, but anyway, Nikki Cross is one of the lumberjacks. She returns for the first time, and instead of having a Nikki Cross return, we just have her out there as a lumberjack. Nice. Good booking. But apparently, she had a return match on main event. Oh, that's, that's the place where all its return matches should be. That goes to show nothing. Uh, they almost didn't catch Morrison in that superplex to the outside. Be careful. I even heard a thud. Um, the finish was the top rope Hurricane Rana and to the hit the lights. Yeah. And, uh, what else happened on Raw? Please take me through the rest of this. I want to leave. Oh my god! The only thing really else of any relevance was a uh, <laughs> god. I think it was yeah. It was the main event we had. Um, Lashley had basically put out an open challenge, and Kofi accepted, even though he'd already wrestled once tonight. And then it turned out that Lashley basically uh, MVP said, "Oh, I never said it was for the title. You guys misheard me." And then Kofi winds up. Uh, he actually winds up going over thanks to interference. Yeah. You can I'm gonna, elaborate. I'm gonna need. I'm. I'm gonna really need them to end this whole open challenge. That's not actually a real open challenge. Yeah. Doesn't what was the interference again at the end? It was um fucking McIntyre. Right, right, right. Came out and distracted Lashley. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Why did I even not remember what it was? Like, what else could it, it have been? So fucking stupid at that point. Yeah. The other thing is AJ Styles and Omos are baby faces now. I guess against Riker and uh. I don't. I don't even and, know. I only know. I only know if they cared enough to see who was a face in the heel. Because they seem to be working as baby faces now. Because apparently, that I, I guess the thing, what was it supposed to be like, oh, Elias and Jackson Riker were trying to get themselves in contention for the tag titles. I don't know how you do that in a one-on-one match and not a tag match, but eh. Yeah, no, I don't know. But uh, that was pretty much Raw in a nutshell, right? Yep, we survived again. Fantastic. That's all I really wanted was to survive. Uh, yeah, I think they were good here, right? We are good. All right. Well, that is fantastic. Another one of these in the books. Uh, thank you to everyone for once again hanging out with us. And uh, don't forget, we're going to have other content this week and other things that are going to be coming up. I'm probably at some point going to start doing the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, down the road, we're going to be bringing back the Life is Strange when that comes out. Uh, we're going to be bringing in, obviously, I've said before, new panelists and other playthroughs of stuff. We still got to finish Cyberpunk. I haven't forgotten about that. Uh, this week, we will be w- going back to Outriders at some point. Uh, as well as doing the Mortal Kombat 11 anthology or, or uh, aftermath playthrough. So stay tuned for that. And of course, next week, Monday, 11.30 p.m., Talk Brunch Live and all of the various different places. Thank you to everyone who joined us across all of the platforms, including Stasis and Willie V2 and Lou Thunderbomb, EB Gamer, and Six Slayer, George Z, Key Thompson, a.k.a. King Quest, Cabigon, uh, as well as Sir Edgar over on our other chat room and anyone else that i might have missed and of course all of you on itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud podcast attic uh iheart radio twitch facebook all of the wonderful different platforms 
Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 457, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. We survived another one. Maybe we really are. Shut it down.